Blog Talk Radio. Okay, 
awareness. And we might be talking about awareness a little bit on to, into the show because of some stories we're going to talk about and everything. So I might be bringing this topic back up. But let me tell you, it's nothing like awareness. Like when you start to become aware of yourself, that's the most important thing, becoming aware of self and the things that uh, inspire you, motivate you, push you, drive you, the things that disappoint you, make you sad, uh, discourage you, all those things. When you become aware of first your internal clock, it's a very powerful thing. Your inter- what I mean by your internal clock is your internal day that you, uh, that every day that how you live, uh, that every day how you move, you know what I'm saying? An internal clock is time, that we're in the midst of time and understanding yourself in the midst of that time and in the midst of um, uh, maybe a time before, you know. Uh, how can I just... As I and I always talk to you guys about this, about from a midlife point of view. Okay, being at a in my in, in midlife years and becoming more aware of me, it, it's so amazing how the awareness I had at twenty five was much different than the awareness I have after forty five. You know, I'm forty seven right now, and it's just such a different type of awareness. You know. Um, you become more aware of not only um, when you're 25, you know. I think I started becoming aware, by, by the way, of my internal clock very young. Around 25, I st- 25, I had a big freak out. Maybe that's why I'm not having such a freak out as an older, you know, the older I get. I have a little bit of a freak out, but not much. But not as much as I did when I turned 25 because the 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 idea of becoming Twenty five was that precipice where you knew you was becoming an adult and things were changing for you and and life was becoming different and you were heading towards thirty. After thirty, in my personal opinion, it gets a little easier. <laughs> but I mean you still go through things, life lessons always come at you, but you become you become more aware of your life lessons later in life than you do to, to me at a certain age because sometimes you sometimes you feel like um Time is constantly moving, but at 25, I feel like I had a, a huge awareness uh, about my time and things like that, uh, and how um, how I saw myself. And then I went into a little lull after that, and then became more aware again. Okay, and now I'm at a new stage of awareness as an older woman, still young. Don't give me that now. Okay, I'm still young out in these streets. Okay. But uh, what you know, becoming older and trying to figure out well, how do I act because there's a I, why I am 47. There is still a very youthful spirit in me. I, I I really sometimes don't understand, even though I know there's a maturity that comes with uh, becoming older. You know, we definitely have to grow in wisdom and in how we uh, interact with people. Uh, and how we uh, grow in some mature levels. But there is some part of me that still feels like a 21-year-old girl, you know, that does, even though I've grown older and body's different and, and everything, I still am very youthful. I still like to hear the latest hip-hop songs. I still like to, <laughs> I still like the, you know, I still like uh, great, fun music. I still like a really good 
party, and maybe part of that for me is I don't have children. You know, children become begin a, a whole nother segment of awareness. Okay, in my personal opinion, <laughs> right? So, and so it's just trying to um, navigate and understand myself in the midst of my forty some year old self in the midst of um, the twenty in the midst of the twenty first century. Uh, timeline and pandemic and all these things and trying to see how I like to continue to flow in my life. And to be honest with you guys, I'm, I've become such aware of myself and things around me that sometimes I avoid the idea, I avoid the whole idea of coronavirus. I don't even pay attention to it that much. I mean, I pay attention to it. That doesn't mean I'm not, um, I'm not, Aware of the pandemic I don't take care of myself I actually hate wearing masks But I do do it When I'm out in public Because it's mandatory But um, One of the things That uh, uh, I've become aware of Is that There is lots of ways to die (laughs) So that does So Corona is just one more of them Uh, Instead I become more aware Of how Instead of becoming more aware Of how can I say this? Of hmm, trying to figure out a good way to say this. Instead of becoming more aware of how we move in our, uh, like you know, how we transform from one life to another to eternity, right? Instead of worrying about that so much, I, I mean, even though I know that, like I, I say, if Jesus, Terry, everybody experiences that. I tend to uh, tend to more focus on. What my legacy is How can I start to influence my legacy How can I move towards Living my best life every day That way that uh, transition Like the, uh, like life and death Doesn't seem so I mean it doesn't mean it's not uh, scary But it doesn't seem such a big deal Okay So to me it's so much more important To focus on ways to live And not die, you know, not die. First of all, to enjoy your life and enjoy the time you have, okay? And so to me, that's the beautiful part of being aware, okay? You start to be aware of life and time and how you see everything around you. So it's a word this week is kind of strange, but it's that quote, awareness is like the sun when it shines on things they are transformed. When you become aware of everything, even becoming aware of your family members or becoming aware you're aware of your uh how you um how you live uh you know, those around you and how they affect you and how you affect them, uh knowing um our friends and, and, and people around you and stuff like that. Just becoming aware of everything, becoming aware of what triggers you, what makes you sad, what makes you happy, what makes you joyful, what makes you uh, becoming aware of spiritual things, uh, becoming rooted and grounded in something higher and more powerful than yourself, okay? So to me, that's very important. So when we start to understand those things, when we become aware, of course, life Transformation in life becomes easier, and I think that when transformation is gets um, becomes transformation is difficult anyway. But when transformation becomes harder for us, I believe it's because we're not aware. We're we're doing something where we refuse to be aware, or we're do we're we're um, we're uh, we may drown our awareness in something like 
food, okay, drugs, alcohol, or something like that. So we won't be aware of what's going on inside of us or we won't hear the thing telling us that we need to change or something that's telling us that we need to face something so that we can transform it, okay? But when we become aware of things, Beautiful transformation has to be begins. It either becomes here's the thing: when once you become aware, you either become aware to change it, or you become aware and let it destroy you. Okay, so uh, that's my personal point of view. And to me, ignoring things does not prevent um, things from happening. You get what I'm saying? Like if you're not aware of what's going on in and around you, it doesn't stop. The world It doesn't stop movement Things keep going Okay Things keep happening You just stand Is still In your own space Right You become um, Your lack of awareness Doesn't stop things Even from changing With yourself Okay Because things are going to Continually change No matter if you decide To meet it Or you decide not to It's up to you So that's my it's a word today. I hope y'all get it. I hope y'all understand it. Awareness is very important when you let it in you, uh, your life, and this is just for me too, okay? Becoming aware of things, the more you understand it, sometimes it's, uh, it's, a, it's painful. Listen, sometimes, and listen, we go through different forms of awareness in our lives, okay? Because uh, there are some things even in the, I'm not I'm not ready to be aware of. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? There's always that in our lives as humans, okay? Because we're not ready to deal with it doesn't mean there's not going to come a time when you have to deal with it, okay? So all I'm saying to you is that uh, the quicker that you become aware and open to things and so that you can spiritually move and change them in your life, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen quickly or overnight, but you start the journey towards changing and uh becoming um, more open to uh, evolving in your life, then the better things will be, okay? The easier it will be to meet changes over the horizons, okay? So the it's a word for the day is this uh, quote from Fitch Not Hans. I hope I'm saying the name right. I'll say it again. It says, awareness is like the sun. When it shines on things, they are transformed, okay? And we know what the sun is. It shines bright on something. And when the sun shines bright on something, what does the sun do? It promotes growth. It promotes health and everything like that. And, and, and with, with every plant needs sun, humanity needs sun, and all these things to thrive and live, okay? So awareness, this quote says awareness is like the sun. It shines bright on those things that we need for growth and change and evolution, as humans, okay? That's a, it's a word today, all right, y'all? Okay. So, <laughs> we about to get into this news in these streets, okay? Megan Markle is happy to be back in the U.S. What did I tell y'all? What did I tell Megan last week? Didn't I tell Megan, Megan go and go Hollywood, quit playing around here? Well, she done went Hollywood, baby. She's ready, okay? Megan Markle's tired of playing, okay? She's out in Hollywood to... to I think to be a star, okay, all right? She's already a star, but to be uh, in acting and stuff, okay, or be some sort of socialite. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the post office is in trouble, okay? Post office is in trouble. I don't know why people were encouraging people 
to do the ballots through post office. It's, and this is no diss to the post office. I respect the people that work at the post office and all that. But I know over the years, the post, the United States Postal Service has had lots of problems. Shit. Okay, even as far back as sometimes the 80s, okay? So uh, I'm, for people trying to put more pressure on the post office, I'll talk about that in a minute. But voting through the post office makes absolutely no sense to me. But I'll, I'll talk about that a little later on into the show. Then we'll talk about California having rolling blackouts. Oh, Lord, we got we got to pay attention to this kind of stuff. Y'all know we got to pay attention to stuff like California having rolling blackouts, okay, because that could be we may need these streets. You don't know. Listen, it's hard to listen. They have in the middle of heat waves. Now, I can't imagine – in the middle of Texas rolling blackouts with this weather we got, okay? It's been a hundred and some degrees out here, okay? People will be falling out out here in these streets. So I'll talk about that and how the black and white white uh jobless claim, uh uh claims uh, have widened. Uh Kamala being uh picked for VP. I'm gonna talk about my feelings about that. Y'all know I'm not a big Kamala Harris fan, okay? So I'm not a big Trump fan, I'm not a big Kamala Harris fan, I'm not a big Joe Biden fan, I'm not a big Mike Pence fan, I'm not a big nobody fan, okay? But I'm going to have a discussion about what what I think about Kamala Harris, okay? And I'm going to have it from about four or five uh, points of view, okay? Including talking about, uh, including these celebrities out here trying to pressure celebrities who absolutely know nothing much about. They know some things about politics, but some of them absolutely know nothing, and they give you dumb reasons to 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 uh, to vote to go vote for their candidate. Like you know, it's like don't say nothing if you don't know. Because <laughs> I'm gonna call your ass out. All right, so we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more when we get back on the CC show. Meanwhile, let's see, what are we going to start it off with? I had a song. Y'all know how I be doing up in here. I had a song that I wanted to start off with. It's never smooth, so I ain't going to be smooth. <laughs> All right, you know what? This is what I love. This I love this song. It's an old school song. It's still one of my favorites. Tony Braxton made, you know, the song Dance. I feel like she got a little bit of, I can hear a little of this song weaving through in and out of it. But we're going to start off with Jeff Red today. You called me. You remember that one from the Strictly Business soundtrack? By the way, happy birthday to Haley Berry. Holly Berry. What is Holly Berry, 54 or 55 today? Let me tell you something. This helpful was on Twitter and Instagram looking all of 29. She is beautiful. Okay, she's going to be one of those. Like, there is some people in, like, like the Lena Horns of the world who got great bone structure. Uh, who is it? It's Cicely Tyson. Uh, some women will never, never lose that beauty. I mean, Holly Berry is one of them. I mean, she's absolutely, Holly Berry is a, is a dime. She's gorgeous. Ain't no hitting the wall for Holly Berry. You, you, I can say whatever y'all want to out there. Even if she's not married or whatever, hitting the wall. Some things I get what y'all saying hitting the wall about, but some things I don't. But she, she, she's a beautiful lady. She's gonna be beautiful at every stage in her life. Just a beautiful person. I mean, beautiful face. I don't know how she is as a person, but she is a just a gorgeous, gorgeous lady. Okay, she just. 
She fly like that. <laughs> All right, so happy birthday to Holly Berry. Meanwhile, let's get in this Jeff Red. You called me. It's the CC Show. I'll call out and I'll be back in a moment. <laughs>
be talking all night, but I can tell you need to work on you, you, you. Doing this boudoir uh, photo session, 
Y'all can't, y'all ain't gonna be able to see it. <laughs> but it's these, these photo sessions they have. A, uh, this uh, I know they're doing them different places across the country, but this this young lady who does them, uh, I've seen some of the pictures, and uh, I think if you're in the Dallas area, uh, photography is Nikki Nikki something. I'm gonna have to look it up. <coughs> Excuse me, but I got to talk to her this week. And I'm really excited about doing this, okay? I mean, it's just like a little, you know, just a little celebration of myself, doing something for me. <laughs> so I'm thinking about doing that. And it's like, you don't, you know, you just don't have to do the sexy lingerie pictures, but you can also do, like, sexy dresses or sexy, you know, things. So you might get to see one of them <laughs> or something like that. But, you know, it's really fun. So I am excited about it. I was talking to my girlfriends the other day, and I was like, you know, uh, we were texting each other. And I was like, I'm thinking about doing this boudoir. And they're like, yeah, yes. And one of my friends said she's already going to do one in her area. So I'm like, yeah. So <clears throat> it's really fun. Y'all know I'm kind of, y'all know I'm kind of, I'm kind of I'm wild. I'm a Scorpio. I be having some wild Scorpion thoughts. Y'all know how I feel. I like, y'all know that I'm the person who uh, wants a sex store someday. <laughs> I mean, I had to, I'm the one, I have uh for my birthday, for my birthday one year, I had like a, a, a pole dancing party, and as soon as this uh, Corona stuff or whatever, I'm gonna do. I want to do another one. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I like weird stuff like that. I think you should embrace your uh, uh, sexuality. Which a little bit later on into the show, I'm gonna talk about WAP because I don't think I've got to talk about WAP enough last week. So I'm going to talk about my feelings on WAP because people are making such a big deal of WAP. So I'm going to talk about it, okay, and my thoughts on it. And I think it might surprise people. I don't know. It may, okay. So, you know, but anyway, getting into the news, I just saw this report. It says Dallas County, which I'm living in. I live in the DFW area. And and it, and it talks about uh, Dallas County having about coronavirus Dallas reports fourth deadliest week of pandemic as daily average cases rise, okay? And this is from, uh, what is this from? This is from MSN.com, but it says, confirmed cases of COVID-19 vaulted above 58,000 in Dallas County Saturday, caping a week in which the average daily count exceeded last week by a third, okay? With 73 reported deaths, it was also the county's fourth deadliest week so far. Dallas County Health and Human Services reported there have been 824 deaths in all. As of 11 a.m. Saturday, officials added 750 more positive cases of COVID-19 to those reported Friday, lifting the week's daily average to 605. Last week's daily average was 463. Now, why did I talk about this? There's a reason I'm talking about this, okay? First of all, they're doing more testing. I agree with Donald Trump on that. When when you do more testing, you're going to have more cases, okay? So that's just... That's period, and because we live in a country like America where freedom and liberty is valued, uh, we're not going to approach coronavirus like China or any other country, okay? We, uh, we shouldn't with draconian laws, okay, because we, we, we should question those, okay? So it's going to be a little bit more, uh, we're going to have a little bit more cases because we, we our country is a little bit more democratic, okay? Our country, uh, we we have agreements and disagreements, okay, and we don't have 
uh, uh, one thing uh, making decisions for us, even though we, we know a lot of people want to go that way, draconian laws. But that is probably why you're seeing more cases in America, like over under 5 million, which isn't a lot in a, in a, in a, in a, in a country of 330 million people, okay? But it's still a lot because you don't want anybody to catch a virus, okay, at, at all, okay? So, but the reason why I'm talking about this is because uh, it, it, this this article, in some ways, um, highlights a little bit that you know the uh, again and uh, the and the death rate I think that was reported they're saying was people who all had underlining other illnesses and things like that, which is that's normal even with the flu. Sometimes you can you can get the flu and have a problem with underlining health issues and stuff like that. What I want to say about this is that. It's interesting that Dallas County has saw its daily, its, its average rise because that is a county that has has had a, a mandatory mask thing for a couple of months now. So you would think that this would be evening out now for them, but it's not. So it makes me want to say, understand, wonder if the mask thing is even working. Okay. I told y'all how I feel about the mask stuff. I told y'all how I feel about it, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna keep arguing my point. <laughs> because I feel like it's social engineering going on when we see when we tell when you tell people to do all do this and you know that everybody doesn't have the correct uh, uh, gear and you know that everybody doesn't have the correct thing to do things and when you start telling people to do things in mass and you put mandatory things on there, I think sometimes uh, government and powers that sit behind governments are trying to see how far we'll go as a as the public or as as people. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean I'm not concerned with coronavirus. Even though I told you I don't keep it in my awareness every day, I try to. That's not my like. Ooh, COVID is out here every day. No, but uh, I do. I, that doesn't mean I'm not aware and to, to tell you not to take care of yourself. It just means that I am very concerned when we start having laws implemented, mandatory things. And I understand that it's at a time there has to be things going. But we start having uh, more, uh, we start focusing more on what people are wearing, masks and stuff like that. We start social engineering, talking, you know, telling people, you don't care about other people if you don't do this my way. Or we tell people, you, uh, you care or if you if you don't do this or are you being? I mean, when we start arguing with each other, anything that triggers toxicity in hum, humanity, I begin to become worried about. Okay, and I one thing I know that does that is when people are facing mortality issues. Okay, because the one thing they didn't have in 1917, 1918, the one big difference they didn't have that, and it was a more deadlier virus they were dealing with. And I love to remind people that the Spanish flu. Uh, people were laughing at Trump last week when he said the virus just went away. Well, that's kind of what happened with the Spanish flu. I mean, they they practiced, they did a, a lot of things to practice, uh, try to uh, make the, the Spanish flu, flu go away, like masks and stuff. But in 1917 and 1918, masks didn't work because people didn't have the proper gear. Now there were a lot of there were a lot of people who said that it didn't work very well. Okay, and it was a much more deadlier virus. Okay. Moved much more, and it was uh, that virus killed young people. Didn't affect a lot of people over the age of forty-five. If you read about it, okay. Um, they came up with, tried to come up with a lot of, uh, uh, try to come up with some vaccinations, try to come up with some therapies. Some therapies were good for it, but they never really cured Spanish flu. 
okay? And so people just went on with their daily lives, and eventually the virus kind of made its way out, okay? They still are studying Spanish flu to this day, okay? That's how deadly that virus was, okay? So I want the reason why I want people to understand that is because, you know, I mean, um, you may have the same thing happen again if they don't come up with a vaccination, vaccine, okay? And uh, also uh, it, masks may not be working. And I think that sometimes what I think the greatest, I, how I can just say to people is this, the greatest thing is being kind and loving to people. No matter what, okay, you know, you it's just, it's just, that's just the best best cure spiritually for anything, okay. Just in my personal opinion, I mean, that don't mean you ain't you ain't you, you some don't have times where you let people know and all that stuff, but it's how we we react and has humanity to uh, these tests of our faith and these tests of what we believe in. It's how we react to those things. Uh, that tell that will tell the story to future generations and tell the story to us, you know. So I just found that interesting. This this report, and you don't have to agree with me, but I did find it interesting. Okay, that it that they still having problems with coronavirus. Okay, so uh, it is what it is. There. Um, then also I saw this too. Chinese officials say chicken wings imported from Brazil tested positive for COVID-19. This is from CBS 46, and it says a sample of frozen uh, chicken wings imported from Brazil has tested positive for the novel coronavirus in southern Chinese city of Shenzhen. Authorities said Thursday the latest in a series of reports of contaminated imported food products. Now, remember, if you remember, I read a Several months ago, four months, three or four months ago, where the CDC, because the people were asking about, well, should I get food delivered during this time? Should I get this done? Should I get this and this and that? <laughs> remember? Okay, now listen to what the CDC. Now, remember how were they saying this virus started? This is why I want people to pay attention to inconsistencies, okay? Okay, this virus was supposed to have started from a bat, people eating bats. Okay, that's their food in that in a certain country, okay, in China or whatever, okay. In the Chinese market, it's a bats or a delicacy or something in certain markets there or, or whatever, okay. So uh, the food was contaminated, okay. But then just a few months ago, uh, down the line, as the virus went on, when we were in the middle of the the beginning of the height of the pandemic, CDC says about food being delivered. Somebody can directly sneeze on your food. Well, that's what they said. And you get the, uh, you not get the virus, okay? Now we're saying, now they're saying co- chickens are getting COVID-19, okay? Now, I don't know if this is some, for somebody preparing the foods at these uh, at these food places, or is it, you know, or is it uh, the chicken got? Coronavirus, okay? I don't know, but once you fry that chicken or whatever you cook it, it probably is gonna go. The virus is probably gonna die, but I don't know. But it says uh, uh, Shenzhen Health authorities immediately traced and tested people who might have come into contact with the products, and all the results came back negative. All related product stocks have been sealed off and tested negative. The statement said authorities are now tracing related products from the same brand that have already been sold and disinfected in the area where the contaminated chicken wings were stored. 
Brazil has so far reported more than 3.1 million coronavirus cases, the second highest in the world after the United States, according to John Hopkins University tally. Uh, news of the contaminated chicken wings comes a day after coronavirus found on packaging of shrimps imported in Ecuador, another South American country, at restaurants. At a restaurant in eastern Anal Providence during a routine inspection, China State Broadcaster CCTV reported. Okay, let me just say this, and I'm no World Health Organizer. I don't go around from city to city, but just just in my personal opinion, these people who trace viruses and everything, to me, coronavirus is starting to sound like, especially when they China said they found it on one package, but they tested other things and other they didn't have them. So I'm wondering now if what we're having, and, and see, listen, I'm a conspiracy theorist, and I'm proud to be one because conspiracy theory means that we look, at, you look outside of the box for answers in the world that we're, with things that when things don't make sense. Okay, you're able to look at several different theories. Okay, and uh, it also means that conspiracy theorists, I would also believe, like you know, I heard Bill Clinton one time say, and this is just sidebar, Bill Clinton talked about, uh, they were talking about. Um, Something about, I think it was during 9-11, and these people were going around 9-11 truthers, and they were saying, they were asking, they were saying, hey, we got questions about 9-11. We think some, maybe some high-ranking administrative people had something to do with it. And they was even including, you know, looking at people like to cleanse everybody. And Bill Clinton, I remember, said when they asked him, he said, how dare you say that Anybody in the American government would be capable of such things. And it was funny, I, and he said something similar to that, don't quote me on that, when I saw it on the video. But it was hilarious that he would say something about that, because the Constitution is built exactly on that, that we don't trust government. <laughs> because humans have quests for power. And humans have quests for all types of things, okay, and, they're, and, they, and some, some will do anything to get it, okay? We have good people and bad people in the world, okay? And to think that there may always just be good people in government is absolutely crazy, okay? There can be bad people in government, bad people who are elites, Bad people on high levels. Just because you come into government doesn't mean you magically somehow become a good person and people can't question you, okay? So uh, that's why I say conspiracy theories are very important in the world and and, and ideals about what things can be happening in the world for uh, looking at uh, answers and stuff for things because it can. a lot of times conspiracy theories years later come out to be not so crazy. Okay, so um, it's important to we see the pe- we see people like that. The fact that you get people don't think of American government can be corrupt is ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so so or we couldn't have a fraction of people coming to the government that is corrupt. Okay, and that's on both sides. Usually, corruption doesn't is not just a Democrat thing or a Republican thing. It's usually coordinated. <laughs> okay, so let me just say that. Okay. So uh, my thing is, as I look at, from my mind, the conspiracy theories, is is people, uh, what benefit, they might start looking at people, uh, the idea of this virus being purposely spread. Because if you're finding it on certain packages and not certain packages or certain things and not certain things, I mean, you you might look at the idea that maybe we're under some sort of, the world is under some sort of terrorist attack. Seriously. 
by people who want to see uh, uh, this virus do some very uh, do some things that can uh, change how we live and give certain fractions more power. See, I think like that, okay? So, uh, you know, it's just my, just a thought, <laughs> okay? When I saw this thing, I mean, maybe, and see, that it's so weird because the media is supposed to be, you know, they don't like to, you, you don't have people entertain uh, other ideas. You don't have investigative reports anymore like you used to. And, uh, you know, the media just tries to say it's ridiculous without any proof, but it's not really ridiculous, okay? You, um, America could be under attack and other countries could be too, you know, and that's not a ridiculous theory in my opinion. Uh, it may not have come from food at all, okay? So just my thought, okay, on that whole thing there. And let's talk about this about y'all in this post office, okay? Postal service chief under fire admits unintended consequences of his policy overhaul, okay? Postmaster General Louis DeJoy acknowledged in an internal memo to staff that his sweeping operational changes have brought unintended consequences to the U.S. Postal Service, NBC News reported. But he defended his overall United States Postal Service despite reports of widespread mail delays and increasing scrutiny from lawmakers, mail workers, unions, and the media in the run-up to to the 2020 elections. Worries about the election have only grown this week amid reports of United States Postal Service warning states that it cannot guarantee all mailing ballots will arrive in time to be counted in the presidential race. Then ballot new chief of the U.S. Postal Service acknowledged, and this is from uh, CNBC.com. It says the embattled new chief of the U.S. Postal Service acknowledging an internal memo staff, and I t- just read that. He said, let me be clear about the reasons behind our restructuring and the need for our plan. Our financial condition is dire, Joy said in the memo, which was sent to the United States Postal Service staff on Thursday, NBC reported. Our critics are quick to point to our finances, yet they offer no solution. Since starting his role in June, DeJoy has implemented a slew of significant changes that he says are intended to stabilize the post office, which is seen as financial troubles compounded by the coronavirus pandemic. The, those changes reportedly include crackdowns down, on overtime pay and curtailing late trips for mail carriers as well as an overall of agency leadership. In the memo, DeJoy admitted, unfortunately, this transformative initiative has had unintended consequences that impacted our overall service levels. He didn't elaborate on specific consequences. He added, however, recent changes are not the only contributing factors. Over the years, we have grown undisciplined in our mail and packaging processing schedules, causing an increase in delayed mail between processing facilities uh, facilities and delivery units. Okay, lawmakers of both parties have called the Joy's reverse of his uh, reverse his, uh, called on Joy to reverse his new policies. Policies, excuse me. Democrats fear that the changes could impact the presidential race, where a record number of voters are expected to cast their ballot by mail to avoid risking exposure to coronavirus. Dumb Democrats. Okay, and the reason why the you know. Oh God, they're so fun. Here's the thing, okay? Anybody knows that the postal service has had a number of problems over the years. If you've been fucking reading about your post office, most of you have, okay? You have. The post office has had problems even in the '80s. Remember when years ago, when some all the mass shootings used to be at the post office? Remember that? 
couple like they had two to three one time or something like that. Worker people have even always questioned the worker pressures at the post office. Okay, that's true. Okay, it's it's changed over the years, but postal service has always had a it, it had a hard time. It's always and not to not to even mention with the with the with the uh, problems that come from uh, of the rise of FedEx, UPS, Amazon. <laughs> What it does to the United States Postal Service and the pressures on it, okay? Now, I'm a person that believes that the United States should have its own postal service and the government should run postal service, okay? I totally agree with that. I don't think postal service should be a private entity or anything. There are some things I think the government should run. One of them is, you know, and, and, they should, and, and, and that's the post office. Now, what I want people to understand is this, okay? This is what happened, and this is this is just, and this is going to be a, a conservative idea. I understand some people are not going to like what I say, okay? But this is the problem when government starts to run things, okay? It's too much bureaucracy and bullshit, okay? And what happens is this is a government-ran business. It's been fucked up for almost 30, 40 years, okay? Because of all the bureaucracy and bullshit. Okay, so that I'm not surprised why people would promote the fucking the, the Democrats. Okay, okay, not that I I'm, I'm I'm Republican. Like I said, I have conservative ideas and I have liberal ideas. But why the Democrats would encourage people and not encourage some other form? We I mean, you got Apple out here. Hold on, let me just say this: you got Apple, Google, uh, all these major communication hubs, AT and T. You got all these people. All this high technology out here. Why would you encourage people to do old school absentee balance through the fucking post office when you know for yourself how much problems the post office has had over the years? To put that pressure on the system is absolutely stupid. <laughs> and I knew one that would fail. Now, Am I for absentee ballots? Of course I am, okay? I had to I voted absentee during the Barack Obama uh the first uh the first election because I was in Grant Park that night, okay? So I, I voted like a like probably uh almost a month before I think. So yeah, so and I had sent my ballot in way before and everything like that. So that 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 I understand the process and the importance of absentee ballots ballots. But when you have something Unusual, like a pandemic that hits, okay, then that's when you need to uh, trump the Trump administration. And because, you know, and I agree with the fact that it's easy to, um, you know, trust me on this. It's easy, in my personal opinion, to to uh, cheat with, with, with mail-in ballots. I mean, you know, I can see this is election going crazy, okay? I actually think they, at first I was thinking they shouldn't hold off the election, but I actually think they should for for another year because I think it's too much craziness going on and ludicrous. ludicrous. I know y'all can't stand Trump another year or whichever y'all think, but I actually think they should because to ensure, uh, or a few months to ensure a better outcome uh, for voting, like working with the big, uh, the big technology companies to come up with something uh, that will will help people like basically getting uh, starting to get people people who registered to vote or something getting special numbers or special codes or something where they can vote online 
and that once that code is used for that year to vote, it becomes uh, void or nobody else can use it. And ensuring having people, if we had enough time, we could have had people register uh, at their driver's license place or or they could set your driver's license places could send out uh, things to, uh, it's not going to be a perfect system, but it would help. It is send out things to people who are already registered or known citizens or they could have set up a, a certain amount of time to have people in states to come in, set up several different places around the city. Like this year, to me, this whole 2020, what they should do this year is give this whole year up, this whole maybe to mid to November 2021, what they should do is give this whole year up to uh uh, basically uh, getting people uh, re-registered in a technology way, that that way because of coronavirus they can vote at home on their computers or can vote through uh, a certain way, you know, through uh, a certain way, you know, and maybe only certain people, okay, you know, or maybe uh, so many people we you take out the polls, like maybe – a hundred million registered voters can do it through computer, and another hundred million go to a polls or whatever. You know what I'm saying? We could come up create, with all these uh, huge technology ways. We can come up with ways to ensure a vote through computer at home. Some sort of code that gets dissolved. Okay, I mean, just my personal opinion. Okay, and they should have spent this whole year doing uh, getting people rewired for that. Okay, and then do the vote next year. That's just my opinion. I mean, I don't know what the what what they'd have to do, but I'm sure all these Apple and all these great technology people and Google and all of them can come up with some ideas to where that uh, they can ensure that voting is done in a proper way. Because no matter what, you might have some cheating. Okay, because uh, even if you're going in old school and hitting them things, they computerized now. Okay, so uh, I don't understand the idea of the post office. Never did. Okay, I didn't understand the pressure put on the post office because I've read about the post office over the year, over the years, and the problems they've had. Okay, and government run in. This is government. This is your government running shit. Okay, government has. So be careful when you ask government to run stuff like healthcare. <laughs> now. Here's what I think. You know, that's why I never agreed with Obamacare. I agree what I thought the government should do because I am for Medicare and I am for Medicaid. I do believe that the government should have uh, 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 should have things to help people who are at a disadvantage or poor with their health care. And I love the systems of Medicare and Medicaid. What I thought is the government ran these entities very crappy. Okay, because the government has too much fucking bureaucracy. What they should have done instead of instead of advocating themselves and insurance companies to run health care, because they already fucked up Medicaid and Medicare, they should have corrected their systems with Medicaid and Medicare. Is my personal opinion. Okay, which we still have, right? But to me, there should have been a correction on those systems. Obamacare is a little fucked up to me. And maybe making sure, too, that, uh, which is not Obamacare, it's Romicare, okay? And it was fucked up in in Boston and in, in whatever, in the other country. I mean, people have had a problem with the premiums and everything with that, okay? But uh, but if they come up with that, the ways to uh, make it easier for citizens to get Medicaid, Medicare, uh, when they get once they come of age and stuff like that, or disabilities and stuff like that, made it easier for 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 American citizens to have access to those things. 
uh, especially when um, job losses are going back in, revamping those things, I think would have been a better deal, in my opinion. You know, better thing than to ask the government to outright start running health care along with and giving insurance companies the edge, because that's what Obama did, okay? So uh, very interesting. And, I, you know, people can disagree with me back and forth with that. I get it. But... Um, uh yeah, so I don't I don't know how I feel when government starts to run things. I that's why my problem with government running things because government doesn't have the proper channel. Sometimes it gets caught up in bureaucracy and in, during bureaucracy you can have misplaced management, misplacements of monies, mismanagement and mishandling of money that comes in for a certain segment. That's why security, Social Security is in trouble right now, which Social Security to me is a great thing. I don't want the idea. I hate Republicans having that idea of Social Security going. I don't like uh, you just depending on the stock markets and 401Ks for your money. I actually love the idea of government helping with that process of retirement. You know what I'm saying? I love the idea of Social but they've mishandled through bureaucracy and mismanagement and probably through thieving, that's my personal opinion, uh, Social Security, okay? And that should be there for the elderly, in my personal opinion. Those are processes that should be there. That's why I'm kind of a socialist on that, on those things. I like the, I like a, a, a country that has socialists and capital. I, I like I'm a capitalist, but I love a little bit of socialism infused in capital to check capitalism every now and then because capitalism uh, uh, unbridled can go crazy. Okay, anything unchecked, socialism unchecked is go, goes crazy. Check, look at socialist countries. They usually it's usually a lot of stuff going on there. Okay. But capitalism and socialism in some ways are capitalism and um, a little bit of ideals from socialism. I won't say socialism because I don't like socialism, but ideas from socialist, uh, socialist ideas uh, can help uh, a, a capitalist government run more efficient and not just a rat race to run over others who have been put at a disadvantage for many reasons or are disenfranchised, okay? So I, I'm not a, a person who thinks that you just it's, it's, it's all about brat race, okay? Because America is really not a right race country. America, most Americans have had, all Americans have had some form of welfare, okay, in my personal opinion, okay, through government assistance and programs. And that's and that's good to me. I'm not, I'm for government having a great assistance. I'm just not for government running everything because government doesn't do a good job at it with, with bureaucracy and stuff. But at the same time, okay, uh, we need checks and balances on uh, on uh, capital uh, when capitalism cap, capitalism goes unchecked. Okay, when we we're allowed to build huge monopolies or we are allowed to build huge things, government has to have regulation. Okay. So that's just my opinion on those things right there. But I'm not surprised by the post office and this happening, okay? Just not. Not at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, does California uh, heck? they said, uh, what is it this here? Uh, does California have power? Two million people go dark. More heat is coming, okay? And this is from uh, Bloomberg.com. It says California's brace. For more blackouts as heat waves persist, okay? California is bracing for more power outages after, his, 
after as many as 2 million residents were plunged into darkness late Friday in the state's first rolling blackout since 2001 energy crisis. Grid operators in the state have issued a warning that may be short, that they may be short on power supplies again starting at 5 p.m. local time. It comes as a heat wave is expected to blanket California through the middle of next week, sending temperatures soaring past 110 degrees Fahrenheit, okay, 43 degrees Celsius in some areas. We're seeing a once-in-a-decade heat wave, said Brian Bartholomew, an analyst of Bloomberg NEF. What happened Friday could be a preview of the actions uh, the state's grid operator may need to take in the days ahead. The sudden and large unannounced outages in California begin after a power plant malfunctioned and are a stark reminder of the fragility of power grids in the face of extreme weather. Searing heat has grippled cities around the globe in recent weeks, including Brussels, Paris, New York. Earlier this month, violent winds in the U.S., Midwest, and tropical storms in the Northeast left millions with power in some cases, left millions with uh, power in some cases, without power, I think, in some cases for as long as a, a week, okay? So California is having an extreme problem right now uh, with their uh, power. Listen, Texas always has a heat wave in the summer, okay? I'm just saying, Lord, please don't let us have no power grid problem, okay? Because, honey, it ain't cute to be in the heat. You know, the only thing I can remember, I remember when I was a little girl. I used to go, <laughs> this, is, this is a sidebar, okay? When I was a little girl, I used to go to Arkansas for the summer to visit my great-great-grandfather sometimes, okay? We would go sometimes in the summertime and go visit him. This is my great-great-grandfather. I said it right. And sometimes we'd take my great-grandparents with us, too, you know? And in Arkansas, Wheatley, my grandparents, my grandmother's family is from Wheatley, Arkansas. And in Wheatley, <laughs> my grandfather now, my grandfather Papa Gus, he was uh, like this at this time when he had his form. He was in his uh, like Papa Gus might have been when I when I, Papa Gus my first remembrance of him. He might have been in his eighties then. Okay, he could see like nobody's business. And my my Papa Papa Gus lived to be about maybe a hundred and six hundred seven years old, but he could see he outlived a lot of his kids too. But uh, he could see like nobody. I mean, he could see like his the the things on his stove were so little. Like I'm a little girl and I couldn't even see. I'm about seven years old. And I'm going, what the hell? <laughs> I couldn't even. But my my uh, my uh, papa could come right in there and look at the stove and say, Susie, you can't see that. That's three hundred or whatever. You like? I mean, his eyes were sharp, you know, and everything from living on a farm. And one thing, heat didn't bother him, and it would be hot as hell in Wheatley. I mean, hot. Hot, hot, you know, hot as hell. <laughs> like the devil was outside hanging out. Like, what the shit? Like, the devil's like, hey, what's up, y'all? <laughs> That's how hot it would be. Okay, and so he would not sometimes put on the fan. I remember my grandmother one night said, my grandmother one night, he had the windows open in the house. He wouldn't put on the air or nothing, you know, because he didn't want to raise up his his light bill. And my grandmother, we having the window up. I could hardly sleep. I was probably about... Maybe I was five or six at the time. And my grandmother said, oh, no, nah, I can't have my baby here. So she, and she went, my grandmother went and got a fan the next day, like bought a fan. I mean, that shit, it was still hot. But I could have, I could, in those days, in the heat, it, it was sweltering in this in Arkansas at that time, just sweltering. I mean, I can't, I, and I remember that still as a kid. It's a traumatic 
uh, <laughs> thing on my mind happened to uh, be in a house with, with where he didn't want the air on, and it was almost like 100 and some degrees outside. <laughs> but them old people were built like that, right? I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> we like, we from, we from the city. We done, we done became city. Like, we... we and all I can remember is my grandmother going into town in Brinkley and, and going to get uh, uh, going to get a fan. Like, okay, he don't want to put on the air, but I got to have a fan. <laughs> so can you? Uh, I can't imagine not having a fan, nor air conditioning, or anything in a hundred and some degree weather. So imagine your your elderly and people like that, all kinds of things. And here's the thing: this is when I mean, you know. Check on your elderly, your loved ones who are elderly. I check on my grandparents. I tell my grandparents, they something else. My grandparents are like they, you know, they they in their eighties, going on twenty five. They think they they like whatever. <laughs> they still run around and everything. Thank God, okay. But uh, I mean, you know, sometimes I have to be like, what? No, no, <laughs> you can't do that, or you can't do that. But check on them, okay. And especially, I've been even looking into. You know, you got to look into eyes. Maybe we, you people, you, you people in your family may need to get together if you have elderly family members and stuff like that, and get them something in case the power goes on. More portable fans, or, or um, uh, uh, what is those things? I forget. I don't know. Generators, okay, and stuff like that. Maybe looking into that, doing stuff like that because this it's getting crazy out here in these streets. Okay, real crazy. And the one thing I think you should protect is the baby babies and the old old. Okay. You know, when I'm for protecting the elderly, the elderly are the wisdom of the earth, okay? Even if you even if you disagree with them in some politics and different things like that, they still have wisdom about life, just living in general, okay? And so um, I, I consider, I, I, feel, I feel like you should always protect the elderly, okay, in, in ways. And I'm not the coronavirus way. I know everybody's talking about, you know, you don't protect the elderly by isolating them and all that. I just feel like we got to figure out other ways in a, in this world to protect different. Yes, we want to protect our elderly, but protecting them, I mean, by in an emotional way, spiritual way, and loving way, okay? So that's what I'm just saying. Not in a fear way, but those ways, okay? So that's just one of the things I uh, believe. But listen, uh, Californians, stay strong, man. At least I got the ocean. <laughs> oh, my God. At least they got the ocean. That's all I can say. You know, you can go out and look at that big, the ocean, the beautiful ocean. Maybe get some cool breeze or something. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, try to try y'all best to stay, uh, stay cool. All right. Hopefully, you have no more uh, blackouts out there in them streets. Okay. Megan Markle. Remember we talked about her last week. Okay. Megan Markle said it's good to be home after living in, in in Canada and the UK, okay? This is according to uh, MSN.com Lifestyle, okay? It says Megan Markle said it's good to be home after living abroad for nearly 10 years and that she looks forward to using her voice to make change. Oh, I'm sure you do, Megan. Uh, Markle opened up while interviewing with interviewing Emily Ramshaw, the co-founder of the 19th, a nonprofit news organization that reports on gender, politics, and policy and aims to empower women. Markle spoke to Ramshaw about the importance of women-focused news organizations and the need for accurate storytelling and her own experience being the subject of news reports, okay? Markle also shared what it was like witnessing racial unrest 
when returning to the U.S., saying it was so sad to see where our country was in that moment. Okay, Megan, let me, excuse me, Megan, uh, knock, knock on your head. Uh, you may have seen it bubbled up, but that's where it's been. Okay. <laughs> Megan Markle says she's glad to be back in the U.S. after living abroad for nearly a decade and that she is looking forward to finding her voice. On Friday, the Duchess of Sussex, Megan, because uh, she's no longer the Duchess of Sussex, shared her thoughts. Well, they, they let, I guess they let her keep that title. But I feel like if you took that man from his royal duties and his family and everything, you ain't no Duchess, and I wouldn't even want to be called that. I wouldn't even want to use that because we have split from the royal family. Okay, so we're trying to make our own way. You don't need to be using it. Boy, she may be glad I ain't queen up in these streets. <laughs> ah, she said, uh, but they said uh, Friday, Duchess of Sussex shared her thoughts on creating a new place to call home while interviewing Emily Rashaw, former editor-in-chief of the Texas Tribune and co-founder of the 19th, a nonprofit newsroom, okay? Markle conducted the interview from her home in Santa Barbara. Now, they said she spent $14 million on this house. I was like, go on, Megan. Remember I said last week, I said, Megan, quit playing. Go on, be Hollywood. Quit playing up in Tyler Perry's house. And go on, be Hollywood. She done found her that $14 million house. It's probably going to be Oprah and all these people. You're going you to see what's going to happen. She's going to be a socialite, I think. See, this is why she's interviewing people. See, this is what Megan, listen, and here's my thing. I have no problem with this. She's a, I think Megan's a Leo. Megan wants to shine, okay? She just didn't want to shine in the way of being uh, being a, a royal, okay? And so, uh, you know, I, I, my personal opinion is don't lie and say that you didn't understand. I feel like she's lying, but she could. She may not be, but I, I, or she, she was extremely naive, and I feel like there's no room for that kind of naive. A naive, uh, being that naive when you're marrying into a family like the royal family over in U- the UK, okay? Because because uh, you know it takes a different set of skills. I mean, it doesn't take. I mean, not a different set of skills. You can use those same set of skills in Hollywood, but you have to use it for different things. Being a part of the royal family, you you can't run around and be an actress and shit no more. They they just limited in that way. They maybe perhaps in a, in another century or so they'll be the royal family will if they're still in charge will come to a, a, a consensus that it's okay to have a regular job and be a royal. But right now their fucking concern is being royals and rulers of Great Britain. And to me, she knew that shit. She knew that shit or should have known that shit before she married into that family, okay? That's just my personal opinion. And then start telling me, eh, I think she's out of the press is messing with me. I actually think she just wanted to get back to Hollywood and be an actress. I, I think she used, this is a very uh, a jump, a great jumping point. And Megan, I'm sorry if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I apologize, okay? I can be wrong. But listen, I just feel like from the looks of the out, from the looks of it, she just used them as a jumping uh, thing. And maybe here he wants that shit too. He maybe don't want to be part of, even though he's gonna understand. You grew up in that shit. You are gonna find America much different than you do that shit over at, uh, that the UK. Okay. But this helping her move to. She was scared. she was talking about the proper Rossi in England. Now, listen to what I'm saying here. She's talking about the paparazzi in England. That is heaven to move right into the middle of Hollywood in Santa, I mean, not in the middle of Hollywood, in Santa Barbara where all the celebrities and shit like that live. 
this bitch will move right up in the LA where the paparazzi, the home of the paparazzi. Okay? She ain't caring about the paparazzi. She's not caring at all. She had a chance to live over there in Canada and be quiet. She don't care about that. That's why I'm saying be Hollywood, and that's what she's doing. Starting, she's starting to do these interviews and stuff because that's what Megan is. She's an actress and stuff like that, and I ain't got no problem with that. That's who you that you gifted in that way, okay? But you should have known that when you should have told that fool that you, the man you married and his family that. Because he's gonna find that much different. Be and you and you'll never outrun that royal stuff. I mean, I'm sure right now they head the England. What is it over in England? When it's it's not the KGB. What is it in England? Uh, uh, that's Russia, ain't it? Who's the? I forget who the FBI like is, is over in, in in England. It's like they gonna watch your asses. They watching your ass. You'll never be free. He'll never be free from his title, even though she gave him freedom. He will never be free from being a prince. And his pedigree and his background, even if he may not really be, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm saying. Maybe Charles may not be his daddy. Allegedly, you know, you know the rumors y'all be saying out here. Anyway, he will never outrun that pedigree, girl. He will never. And obviously you don't want want to outrun it. You used it to help you succeed in Hollywood a little bit more. And it will help you, okay, because you run, you, you cried, and they, they Chasing me, they gonna really be chasing your ass in Santa. The more famous you get, the more they gonna really be chasing your ass over there in in in, in Los Angeles area. Okay, this is what it is. Okay. Uh, Marco shared that she looks forward to being part of changing the U U S. To come back and just to see the state of affairs. I think at the onset, if I'm being honest, it was just devastating. Marco told Ramshaw. Marco also said that while witnessing the state of unrest following the murder of George Floyd at the hands of Minneapolis police officers, uh, it was initially upset, and she also has become inspired to be a part of positive change. From my standpoint, it's not new to see the undercurrent of racism and certainly unconscious bias, but I think to see the changes, I think to see the changes that are being made right now is something that I look forward to being a part of and using my voice in a way that I haven't been able to of late. It's good to be home, she added. Okay, have you ever used your voice? But I digress. Okay, you know, I just, you know, I just came by the whole Megan Markle thing. I told y'all, here's what I told y'all. In a few years, expect this chick to be at Essence Fest. Or maybe by next year, with the coronavirus clears up or whatever, Oprah introducing her at Essence Fest and stuff coming out and talking and shit. I said what I said. Okay. Okay, I'm telling you. This is where the shit's gonna happen. I'm, I'm telling you because that's a that's a new wave of money. Okay, uh, y'all know y'all know what I'm saying. I mean, y'all know it's it's about it's getting ready to be. This is what's gonna happen. Just telling y'all. And here's another thing about her. This is and this is what I'm gonna get into with Kamala Harris too. When I come back from break, I want to talk about this because um, this is what we as black people we spend a lot of time. Uh, Uplifting people, black people, just because of them being black. Okay, and here's the thing. One thing I'll say about the ADOS movement and FBA or movement, whatever you consider yourself, I, I really respect uh, both of the movements, but I really respect, I have to say, Yvette and, and, and Tone for pushing. Uh, even though I don't always agree with a lot of Yvette and Tone's, some, I mean, not a lot, but some of Yvette and Tone's things I don't agree with on certain things, certain things. But it's a lot of things I do agree with them. 
okay? A lot of things I do. And I, I love the, the fact that they have pushed this narrative of lineage mattering. Uh, this fact of and helping to and 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 helping and even Tyreek and some and Tyreek and, and Black Authority and other people have helped push the narratives even if they all disagree with each other in all kinds of ways and whatever and arguing or whatever I still can respect a lot of people's points of views on this okay because not one thing is one action is going to get them done but I respect the drive from Tony and Yvette to push home the narrative of uh, statistics to push home the narrative of the importance of reparation. And I may not agree with what we think should be reparations, okay, but I I love it's the fact that you're bringing the argument hard to the table, okay, and uh, uh, the fact that they have helped black America to redefine and re-see themselves, okay. They're not the, it's not the first time this idea has been uh, been been out here, but it helps to push, they have helped to push the narrative in this setting, in the last 20 to 40 years, they have been, to me, the major pushers of that narrative to help black people, black Americans, redefine themselves by lineage. Okay, and that's the way that we'll understand where we're at right now as black people. Even if we may disagree on what reparations is and how reparations should look, we, get, we begin to see ourselves as separate from other people, Okay, because our experience is very different, and other people's experiences are very different. Okay, that we're just not all black people aren't lumped in together. We're not all the same. Okay, uh, we are, we come from different backgrounds and different thoughts. Okay, so and it's important for Black America to understand that because a lot of times Black Americans just embrace everybody. They black, they black. It don't matter. They black, and it does matter. Because what we've had is a lot of, and even from our own people, we, we, we haven't seen how people have moved in their politics and career, and we've embraced these people at, at the detriment to ourselves as a people and our lineage, okay? Because a lot of times people end up not being allies of black America, not being friendly to black America, not even being grateful to black America. So, you know, um, to me it is important that black America begin to look at themselves and redefine themselves and redefine how we see other black people, okay, and redefine how we see our story in America, okay. So uh, I can appreciate that. And speaking of this, uh, here's a, something interesting, okay, and this is the stuff that they've been talking about, the, the uh, narrative that Yvette and Tone have been pushing. It says a black and white unemployment rate uh Rate gap widens to pandemic high, okay? So not only have black Americans been disproportionately affected by coronavirus, okay, you know, as far as our health, and it, talk, and it speaks to a larger problem of our health, okay? But it says, uh, but this is according to Newsmax.com, it says the gap in the U.S. jobless rate between whites and blacks widened for a third straight month in July, making the gulf between the races the widest in more than five years, Labor Department data released on Friday show. The rate for both races fell in July, but the rate for whites dropped more than more by 0.9 percentage point to 9.2%. The rate for blacks dropped by 0.8 percentage point to 14.6%, widening the gap to five, to five to four points. The average unemployment rate for all demographic groups fell by 0.9 percentage points to 
percent from eleven point one percent. Okay, but black people have been affected the most. Says you know what I mean? Well, I I I, I added that because just looking at the statistics. Okay, it says the COVID nineteen pandemic, which has triggered the deepest U.S. recession since at least the Great Depression, has also laid bare economic inequalities between the races that have persisted for years. Even has a record long economic expansion brought the unemployment rate to a 50 uh, to 50-year lows before the outbreak. Job losses during the coronavirus downturn have fallen hardest on blacks, and it says Hispanics and women, but I, I, I feel like we, it's, we specifically have to look at our situation because black people in America, uh, you are owed a certain debt. Nobody has what you have going, what, what you had. You built this country for free. For 400 years, and to be in a, uh, and because of that, because of being sl- the slavery background, because of the, uh, because of the Jim Crow laws, and we had a set of Jim Crow years, and and because of institutionalized racism that keeps that that is a part of this country, traditional Black Americans, ADOS, whatever you call yourself, okay, whatever we call ourselves. We really have a, a, a problems due to our history in America, and people who gave their lives and their souls and their spirits, you know, and were mistreated and mishandled by the American government, should not be in the position that we are in in the 21st century. It should not, and I think any group of uh, any other group of black people should understand that. If you don't, fuck you, because that's that's crazy to me <laughs> that you can't understand that. I can understand the plight of Jamaicans, the plight of Haitians. I can understand that. I can understand Haitians asking the French for reparations. Shit, you know what I'm saying? I get that shit. Okay, so uh, people should understand our plight too. Okay, has Africa has Africa has found. Uh, Black Americans who were here first, okay, and that should be an appreciation. You know what I'm saying? It's not. It's not saying you're not black. It's saying it's not saying other people aren't black. It's saying that we just have a different. You know, I don't say nothing when people wrap themselves in in Haitian flags and shit, and well, or when people wrap themselves in um uh uh uh. uh Flags from South Africa, Ghana, or whatever. If you rep where you from, shit, I ain't got no problem with that. The world is a, a beautiful place full of distinctive cultures and people. But let us, let, let us, it's nothing wrong with us wrapping ourselves in the American flag, okay? We are black Americans, okay? And when we distinguish that, people got a problem with that. They really do, because I think people have set themselves to take advantage of us. What they've done is come to a lot of people have come in, including a lot, a, lot, a lot of other black groups, not everybody, but a lot of other, some groups and other black, and, and from other black, uh, black people from other black, black, black backgrounds, and even in our own community, have come in and this, with this idea of I'll act like them and be like them and try to prove a kinship to them because that's how you have to move. They they are the main majority in the U.S., but I also separate myself from them. I also uh, not understand their plight. I also, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, I, the only reason I'm hiding behind their face is so I can look like I'm a part of them to get them to endorse me. But I really ain't down for them like that. And that's pretty fucked up. And I think it's time black people 
start looking at shit like that because this is kind of shit that's kept us down, including our own, even some of our own. We got some ADOS who ain't shit, who have made, who have made, who have put themselves in high places, has gatekeepers, and don't care about us, has black people in a hole. They just care that they people and they shit's up there. They don't care nothing about nothing. They don't care about they other people, okay? And they will sell their souls to stay where they at. And that's shit that we got to stop, okay? So when I come back, that's going to put me into the talk with about Kamala Harris, okay? When I get back, I'm going to tell you all my thoughts on Kamala Harris, why I think that black people, you should either vote, you know, you can vote a down ballot. You don't have to vote. Uh, you can vote for Snoopy like me or Mickey Mouse or whatever you choose. Uh, I personally believe you should go to vote. Just you know, just go to vote because there's other issues on the table than the, than the, especially your local issues. I really feel like local politics is where you can make a lot of change. And I hate when I miss a local local election because local elections is where you can really get on the ground and make make change. Okay, so uh, I definitely think if you have local issues and stuff on about, that's why I think you should show up not just for the presidential campaign, but for maybe other issues on your ballot and stuff like that. So I'm going to talk about that and a whole lot more when I get back on the CC show. Some of y'all can be mad at me. Some of y'all probably will. I don't really care. Y'all know how I feel about shit like that, okay? <laughs> if you've been listening to the show long enough. <laughs> All right, so let's start this off. Okay, let's start this second part off with, oh, this is a, oh, no, I'm not going to play this one. Yeah, I'm going to play this one. Let's play, let's, let's start with some, uh, Bill Weathers. This is an old one, Use Me Up. Use Me. It's one of my favorite Bill Weathers songs. It's the crowd out of the chat. show. I'll be back. Until you use me up. 
y'all. That is, I love that song. You know what? Yeah, this song, it this it, it's one of those songs that uh, I'm. It's like one of those great songs that I love, but it's like you're like, damn, like you know, you can you you give me in a crowd and you act rude to me, but shit, the love it is so damn good. You so damn you all that that I don't give a shit. You know, use me. Use me to show podcast. Oh, some of y'all say something like, not me. Oh, some of y'all getting used, okay? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love that, okay? That is hilarious to me. Hilarious. Use me. You can just keep on using me till you're using me up. Like, what's that part? It's the, what's the, I love this because it's the part in there where he says, uh, my, uh, my, my brother, uh, my brother, uh, uh, my brother, the brother tells them that, you know, this person isn't good for you. And they like, you know, hey, uh, but if you knew, you only knew what you were, I was getting, you wish you was in my shoes. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Have y'all met people like that? I, I have met, I have had friends like that, okay? Where the D is so good, they like, whatever. <laughs> I know it's no good for me. I know it's no good. Well, I can't help it out in these streets, okay? <laughs> oh, mess, all right? It's the CC Show. I am back, and we are talking, we got to talk about um this uh, Kamala Harris, okay? This week, Joe Biden picked for his VP, Kam- Senator Kamala Harris, okay? And this is according to CNBC.com. It says, uh, he picked Kamala Harris uh, to be his vice presidential running mate, making her the first black woman on the major ticket. Now, I don't commit consider Kamala to be black, okay? Kamala is a very huge mixture of things. I think Kamala has some blackness to her, right? She has some black in her, and I know the one drop rule in America, okay? So she is black in terms of her color, but Kamala, uh, her heritage made up, Kamala's kind of more Indian, Asian, Indian than she is um uh, uh, really Jamaican a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But I digress there, you know, because I think her father was a biracial too. I think he's Indian and black or something like that. It's her, that's where she gets the mixture from, I think. Okay, so, um, and then Kamala is uh, not black American, okay? She's from Jamaica, Jamaica, India, Indian, okay? Her family background is, so she was born in Oakland, but her family background is Jamaican, Indian. And see, we have to start... Black people, you have to pay attention to things like that because you need to know uh, what what does her politics mean for Black America, okay? No matter what. I mean, that doesn't mean you can't have an ally who is of a different descent, uh, 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 be, that's Black, but of a different descent. Like, you can have a, a, a ally that, I mean, you can have a, a Black person that's the same, from the same origin as you and, and not be shit, but you can have another Black person who is not from the same not from the same lineage as you, but be a total ally, and we are four total allies, okay? You know, that's the two, the black American experience into black America, okay? Uh, but I don't consider Kamala Harris that, okay? And it's interesting that her and Joe Biden get together. Joe Biden, who had passed a, a, one of the biggest crime law bills, and, uh, uh, and also her, who's been deemed top, top, of uh uh in in um in Oakland when she was attorney general even calling herself that and hey listen I'm not against I am not against 
the idea of people being hard on, you know, um, hard on certain crimes, okay? Because, you know, um, uh, you know, sometimes, hey, uh, you, you want people, you don't want people to just get away with anything. But my problem is with people is that when you begin to, uh, uh, when you're putting people in jail for little things, like she particularly went after people for truancy laws. I mean, if, if you read about Kamala's uh, history, uh, drug people using marijuana users, not sellers, but users, all kinds of things. She did a lot of horrible things. And what we're, we're getting ready to, if Black America, what I just read about uh, the Black wealth uh I mean, the black unemployment ride, uh, widening, uh, you know, because when white America catches a cold, I remember Tavis Smiley used to say years ago, when white America catches a cold, we catch the flu. That's very true. So when we, with what we're getting ready to see in America as far as black people and, and with, with, uh, with hopefully we don't see a repeat of the 80s with drugs and stuff like that. I mean, we still see, it's still a lot of drug uses. But the hardcore, like the crack era or something, we could see an era like that again with people losing their jobs, losing money and everything. And somebody hard on crime instead of solving the problems that breed crime is a problem to me, okay? Uh, it says, widely considered a moderate Democrat here. It says the announcement, uh, let's just say, the announcement caps off the month-long process that saw nearly a dozen prospective running mates vetted by the Biden campaign. And um, says his campaign announced the pick Thursday afternoon through its website. Biden's selection of Harris 55 lends racial diversity, gender party, and generational breadth to his campaign. It also presents a, uh, a it also represents a strategic decision by the 77 year old former vice president to keep his ticket firmly within the more moderate wing of the Democratic Party. Okay, guys, I'm having a a background sound, you guys. So just a second, I'm gonna change headsets real quick here. Okay. Hopefully, this will be a little better with me, the sound for me. Okay. If not, guys, it might be a little bit more muffled, but I don't hear the back, the backlogging of the every the sound I'm hearing. I'm hearing a lot of back. <laughs> so okay. So uh, this is. Uh, am I still hearing it? Still hearing it here. Okay. We may be having a little problem with our sound here. Okay, guys. Let's anyway. Let's just keep going. His campaign announced uh, the pick Tuesday afternoon through its website. By the selection, I already read that. But back when Kamala was Attorney General, she worked closely with uh, with. Uh, with Bo tweeted Biden, referring to his late son, Bo Biden. I watched as they took on the big banks, lifted up working people, and protected women and kids from abuse. I was proud of them, proud then, and I'm proud now to have her as my partner in this campaign. Now, some people would say that Kamala didn't go after big people at all. She went after a lot of the little people, okay? She, and some people even say she ignored uh, certain situations in California and stuff like that. People are a lot of people in California are not that great on Kamala here. As a matter of fact, I thought I think it was it's an absolute bad choice by Biden, and it's an absolute bad choice by the Democratic Party in a whole. It is really a smack in the face to Black people who overwhelmingly rejected her during her presidential run uh, during the uh, uh, 
during the primaries before. So to me, I don't understand why you go back and pick out somebody who left such a distaste in Black America's mouth. Now I know Diddy and all them the. the Diddy and these celebrities and stuff went and said, you know, we, we demand a black president, a black woman, because they don't know what they're talking about. But in my personal opinion, Biden should have picked, I, I actually think Biden should have looked within the party a little bit more at several different types of different people. And if you, it didn't have to be a black woman either. Uh, I've also talked about Amanda Cleaver from uh, from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, uh, I, I, I thought Amanda Cleaver's ADOS. Emmanuel Cleaver has been a Congress, U.S. in the U.S. Congress for years. He has a pedigree, as a background. He's mayor of Kansas City, successful mayor of Kansas City twice, two terms. Emmanuel Cleaver could even actually really be governor of Missouri if he wanted to. But uh, it, I thought they should have. There were other people within the party that he should have looked at, not just because, uh, kept it to gender. Okay, I think actually Kamala could hurt him in terms of of the presidential race, where, you know, where the Democrats look like they may have a win. Uh, you mean, you know, you know, it was impossible for uh, before coronavirus. I laughed at the whole idea of the Democrats. I said something crazy would have to happen for the Democrats to win the election against Trump, and something crazy did happen. Coronavirus. Okay, and uh, the Democrats are about to probably could mess it up again by picking uh, this controversial uh, figure like Kamala Harris, okay? Uh, they've been trying to sell her off as black American, but that hasn't been working, okay? For, and uh, a, lot, a lot of people are getting upset about it. She, and and let, me, let me find this uh, article and see if I can find it real quick about celebrities and Kamala Harris, because these celebrities out here, they, they, so, they, so, they want to go to the next White House party, okay? I'm just telling you, not all of them, but a lot of them do. They want to be invited in the, the upper echelons of things. They don't give a shit about you at the bottom, just as long as you can pay for they, which they should care about you. That's because they can't see how it affects them if black people are in trouble, okay? A lot of these black celebrities especially can't see how it affects them. If black people, if black people can't afford shit, you can't go to your concerts, you can't go to your movies and shit like that. So you should be really cheering on anything, uh, especially black America. You should be really cheering on black America that something happens where we get well, okay? And uh, black celebrities has been saying, you know, cause of that, why don't you stop? Stop talking to them. Let's just get her in. It don't matter. It's the same shit they said with Obama. And after Obama's ass left out, uh, we had a, 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 a widening of the wealth gap between black and white Americans, an even bigger wider, wider span. He did nothing to correct that. Uh, black people were in more trouble after Obama left out of office from all of us saying, we're going to give him one more time. Let's give him one more time. Let's give him one more time. I actually think the rejection from Hillary Clinton was not only rejection of Hillary because Hillary's a bad candidate, and the Democrats just hadn't realized that. But I also believe it was a rejection of Barack Obama. Uh, you know, but it says uh, here, let me see, Celebrity Kamala Harris. I wanted just to read this article, too, right quick, about before I go into Kamala Harris's background and stuff. Um, Every celebrity to endorse Kamala Harris for vice president. This is from beingnews.com. It says, today the world is reacting to the news that Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden has chosen Democratic California Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate 
for a 2020 presidential election and the decision has sent the celebrity world into a bit of a frenzy. Celebrities from Taylor Swift to LeBron James have voiced their support for Harris, who, if Biden is elected in November, will be the first uh, woman vice president and first vice president of color. Harris is also uh, only the fourth woman in U.S. history to be chosen to, uh, for one of the uh, presidential tickets, okay? Such an historic announcement has sparked joyous and incredulous reaction on social media, and Harris has received important Twitter endorsements from Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, of course, all the Democrats do, okay? But a lot of celebrities are out there pushing this narrative that you're fucking ruining the election if you question Kamala Harris because their dumb asses just don't give a shit. They're in la-la land, okay? Their asses go to parties and exclusivity, and, you know, their asses, not all of them, but some of them are in la-la land, okay? They want to be invited to the White House next time to sing, dance, do a jig or whatever the fuck they've been doing, they were doing under Obama. But they want you to ignore politics, okay? Now, a lot of celebrities, a lot of people will argue with me like, Carlotta, why are you telling people to not vote for uh, 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 Kamala and Joe Biden? Because there is something deeper going on at hand. And that's black politics. Black politics have been ignored the last several years in, name, in the name of uh, a coalition that keeps putting black people, black Americans who built the United States of America, who made it possible uh, for other groups to come over. At, 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 but through the 1965 Remember Immigration Act is a direct, a, a, a directly from the Civil uh, uh, from the Civil Rights Act. We uh, black Americans have been. A, 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 a tremendous, tremendous backbone of the American superpower, okay? And Americans, we are the soil. And for us to keep getting cast to the bottom, for ADOS to keep getting cast to the bottom is a problem. There, it is a stream problem for the Democrats to keep ignoring our wants and our needs what the Democrats are, Democrats are trying to do, and this is just my personal opinion, the Democrats are trying to build a coalition. A, 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 they would rather build a, 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 some sort of rainbow coalition than to let black people have power within the Democratic Party, than to let ADOS have power in the Democratic Party, who has been a part of the political system. And I, I love this. I listened to Yvette Carnell this week. She was talking about how uh, ADOS has been a part of uh, politics since the 1800s, okay, since after Reconstruction, okay, well, after failed Reconstruction, okay, and then we went into years where we weren't, has, uh, where, where because of the Klan and things that happened to failed Reconstruction, we, that we weren't as active, but black people have been in politics in America since the 1870s. And to have a person who is of not, we've had two people at the top of the of a, of of, uh, of Democratic tickets who are non ADOS, uh, and ADOS supports this the, uh, the Democrats and have been since Roosevelt to help them win. ADOS don't vote, don't shit happen. Okay, the Democrats become failures. Okay, but to keep ignoring us and keep putting at the top of the ticket non-black Americans, we got a problem with, and then to ignore us and our policies and grouping us with a whole bunch of other people and knowing that we have specific problems, 
from slavery to Jim Crow to institutionalized racism to ignore our specific set of things that we need to ignore us as a whole, as the Democrats have been doing for years now, is a problem. They are no better than Donald Trump and his racist rhetoric. They're racist. They're just nice about it. And so we, when are we going to stand up and say, absolutely no more? No more. You're not going to. The Democrats are like the abusive boyfriend who keeps, uh, who keeps kicking you upside the head and then come back to apologize to you every time he needs something or he wants you back in his bed. That's the Democrats. That's what they've been doing to black Americans. They've been abusing us and then expect us to come back in our bed. And now they're abusing us. By putting at the top of tickets every time non-black, all the black Americans that we've had in the Senate, in the Congress, in uh, governorship, and 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 and, and, and politics all across the country, and you haven't found, you couldn't find one ABOS person to put at the top of the ticket with you. We have a problem, okay? And the reason why I feel like that's important because there was an interesting article. Uh, it says Kamala and Bach. It said Kamala Harris's family story is a real portrait of American greatness, okay? From India and Jamaica to the doors of the White House in one generation, okay? It says Senator Kamala Harris is the first black woman on the president. Uh, she's not, she's the first Indian woman, Indian uh, uh, Jamaican, on the presidential ticket and the first Indian American of any gender in that role. She was explicitly chosen as a vice presidential candidate amid a debate about her evident ambition to sit in the Oval Office. She's not just a member of Joe Biden's team, but to serve as his political successor and eventually be the first president. And that's very real because Joe Biden uh, thinks that he will be a one-time president because of his age. So it's very important to understand who Kamala Harris is. Not just vote her ass in there because you feel like anything is better than Trump. So it says, um, let's see here. It says, but Harris has another aspect of her identity with a particular uh, re- resonance in this moment. As the daughter of two immigrants, one of the in- one from India and one from Jamaica, who traveled to the United States for education and made their lives here, her parents were surely not blind to America's racial problems in the 1960s when they decided to pursue graduate studies at the University of California, Berkeley, and they certainly were not indifferent to them upon arrival. Indeed, her parents met through their involvement in civil rights activism, okay, in Berkeley. Nonetheless, they wanted to come to the U.S., and they did well for themselves, first earning PhDs and one eventually landing as a scientist at the prestigious Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory, and the other has an economic professor at the uh, equally prestigious Stanford University. Their daughter is now an odds-on favorite to become the next vice president of the United States and is reasonably likely to be president herself one day, okay? Now, listen to this. It says, Shamala Gopin and Donald Harris may have found unusual success, but the story of arrival education and intergenerational mobility is a familiar one and in a profound way stories like theirs are the greatness of america it's a country that people have flocked to from all around the world for hundreds of years enhancing their own lives and the nation okay now that's not abos the story we didn't flock to america in terms of a better life 
That was not our story. That's not our story. Our immigrants, yeah, our, our ancestors didn't come here. Our ancestors came here enslaved on boats. And we have had to, racial, fighting racism is not different from the journey from slavery. It's very different from the journey from slavery to through Jim Crow, through um, now to institutionalize racism. Our story has been a very distinct and very different one. As a matter of fact, a, a lot of ADOS don't come in in first generation. We, a very small percentage of us to this day who have two parents with PhDs. See, they were able to come and hurt for, she is partly Brahmin Indian. She's partly Brahmin Indian and they face the upper class. Remember, India is built on a caste system. Everything Kamala Harris, they, they say they are, her sister said she was, was, was from her mom, who is Indian, Brahmin Indian, who is from that caste system. So it's important for us to understand how she thinks politically. And that might be why she picked on low people in, 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 in California and didn't go after certain other higher ups, but she went after the low. We, we need to see her thinking just because she black, everybody who black ain't your kin folks. Y'all know this. So just because she's of color, she's claiming she's trying to wrap herself as a, as I love what that Cornell says. She tried to wrap herself in ADOS. Don't mean she's down for ADOS. She's using that to move up. So you can't. We can't just be sitting here and saying, "Oh, uh, it's uh, it's so bad." We can't be so scared of Donald Trump that we don't make Democrats see that we're not. We as a black people are serious about our political vote and how we move. You're not just going to get us to vote against ourselves again. Why you keep rebuilding up this global uh, network? And you're and in 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 the globalist fraction, black Americans get ignored, and we still end up in the in the same place because this is what they're moving towards, okay? And we've got to understand this as black Americans that the that in 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 terms of globalism, they are moving. They're even trying to globalize black blackness in America. They're trying to make you not look at your lineage, but y'all all black, but we not all black. Even black Americans. Even though we all say share the experience of 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 of, of slavery, uh, even some of us have very different backgrounds in slavery. You know, there there there's even some uh, a lot of different things within ABOS. Uh, we all may vote like ninety percent Democrat and stuff like that, but Joe Biden was wrong on this. That Black America is very different in some ways, and we have very different backgrounds. There's Black America Creoles, there's Black America biracials. There's there's a whole fun mulatto. We are a European uh, Black mix because of slavery. Okay, so there is a lot of different things and different different aspects to the Black American experience than um, uh, than anybody else. We have unusual. Uh, things here in America, and that's and we need to do, and we need to separate ourselves in some way. It doesn't mean we can't respect other cultures. We can't respect Africa. We can't respect other. Uh, Africa has a continent, not a country. Africa is a continent. We can't with several different countries. We can't respect that. Uh, respect those things, but we have to begin to distinguish ourselves to understand where we're at in America and what we need for a black agenda and in order to move uh, 
from the uh, very real, uh, 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 very real abuses we have suffered as a people due to slavery and Jim Crow and institutionalized racism. We have to begin to distinguish ourselves, and we have to make these politicians come up with black agendas. And if Kamala Harris, who said at one time, I can't just do nothing for black people, that's what she said. I said, I'm not going to do nothing for black people. That's exactly, there's plenty of video out here where she said that. You can, they, but they can do specifics for LGBT, LGBTQ. She's got to come up with specific, and she's really picked because of her Indian, I believe, background, because India is getting raised to be a huge, India in the future could be a superpower. It has, more, it has a lot of people there, kind of like China. India is on the come up. So is Africa. That's why, that's why China went over to Africa real quick to try to absorb research. But also India, in terms of technology, education, and stuff like that, it, it, it could be the future, okay? And uh, 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 Kamala Harris is, is a very important uh part of that. So let, let me help for you guys to understand that part of the thing, too. Let me see if I can find this article. But it's an interesting article, and I put it up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page, and you guys need to, uh, you guys, you get a chance to look at that. But uh, it says, uh, Kamala and Indian Globalism Connection, okay? Uh, let me see if I can put that, bring that up here. Okay, because I want you to understand, I told you constantly that, that there is a fight going on with white supremacy between nationalism and globalism, okay? And uh, globalism, if you look at it, 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 can, it can hurt in some fact, some parts of it can hurt black people, okay? So we want, uh, we, want to, uh, we want to gain what we need to gain in America. It's not just about uh, we, black people need to uh, begin to... Uh, have a part and have a seat at the table, okay? For uh, we can't be left out of the seat at the table in the name of globalism, okay? But this is an interesting article in India today. It said it has been a long, arduous journey for the Indian American community to reach the top echelons of political circles in the United States of America. But Kamala Harris has made history, or at least marked the beginning of a new chapter. Now, in my personal opinion, Kamala was not able to make was not able to make that that ascent to these political act, uh, political things without wrapping herself in ADOS. She had to pretend to be uh, black. Sometimes she would say she was Asian when it fit her, and then now other times she said, well, I'm from Oakland, with her ass trying to come up with a black accent, and I'm from Oakland and all this stuff. And then she, to me, politicians usually know very young they're going to do this, especially they're going to run for president. That's why she went to Howard University. That's why she pledged AKA. It's to cloak herself in some form of blackness to help her politically. So we got to understand the game when it's being played, black people, okay? But it says, uh, uh, but Kamala Harris has made history, at least marked the beginning of a new chapter. She's become the first woman, Indian and black descent, to be on the U.S. presidential uh, ticket. Speaking about it, Kamala Harris said she was honored to be on Joe Biden's ticket. Even though a few months ago she was talking about Joe being, she said some women weren't lying about Joe being sexually harassing them. He was R. Kelly out in the streets a few months ago, but I digress. So Kamala Harris was saying he came to the four, uh, four in the U.S. and India. Her, uh, her sister, Maya Harris, put out a video that credits her mother has a real inspiration behind this journey. 
In the video, Kamala Harris says, my mother was a proud woman. She was a brown woman, a woman with a heavy accent. She was a woman who many times people would overlook her or not take her seriously or because of her accent assume things about her intelligence. Every time my mother proved her wrong, and because of who my mother was and what she believed in, what she and what she had the ability to dream was possible is why within one generation I stand here, okay? And that's what Kamala's saying. She's giving all that credit to her Indian mother, okay? Not to ADOS me, because I want y'all to understand where the politics might come from, okay? Uh, now, they later on in this article, they start talking about how uh, uh, how she could help a relations between India and America, because there are some very uh, big things uh, coming up in, in terms of that. They said, I would, it says, uh, Navi Deep Shuri, a retired diplomat and distinguished fellow at the Observer Research Foundation, feels Indians must not be overexcited with Kamala Harris's next uh, nomination. I would temper my excitement just a bit when it comes to implications for the, for the uh, of this for relations with India or indeed for India itself. We must not forget anyone who occupies that high office is first and foremost there to serve the American people and U.S. interests, okay? So understand that Indians even understand this about Kamala. Some of them is even like, oh, hold up. We don't necessarily know she's for us. Now, and, and there's a reason for that because um, I have to go, go into this. It's something that we, India's current uh, president, uh, Biden hasn't been towards so friendly towards his policies and stuff like that. The Democratic Party in a whole hasn't. But uh, Donald Trump, on the other hand, has um, and certain things. And so they're looking at both sides. They're not just seeing because she's Indian. Oh, she's going to be a force. They saying, hold up. They saying, uh, they said, while we are in this happy situation today of building com- uh, convergences, we might also find ourselves in a situation where she has strong views on human rights issues or something else that uh, bothers us, Surrey says. Another senior journalist in Washington, D.C. said Democratic government in the U.S. might not be as favorable to, the in- to India as the current Republican government anyway. However, when it comes to the question of immigration and visa rules, Kamala Harris might be better than the current administration. Last year, she was lead co-sponsor for legislation to increase the number of green cards that could go to countries like India and China, which normally max out their annual resident quota. It it ultimately did not pass. Finally, when it comes to the impact uh, on elections, Kamala Harris has a huge support base in the Indian American community and would manage to amass a significant amount of funds for the campaign. Okay, listen, they are looking at her even differently. Okay, and that's what I'm trying to say to black people. To understand that Kamala Harris is coming in here, I'm just telling y'all folks that she's going to come in here as a globalist. She's coming in here not for a black America, not for your agenda. She's not that. Kamala said, I ain't going to do it this day. I'm going to do it this black people. I ain't just going to say That's what she thinks. Okay? And uh, to, 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 to we as black people have to begin to uh, pick Kamala Harris apart as we did during her run for president. We have to say, listen here, you need to come up with a blacker agenda or else you can go to you and Joe Biden can go straight to him. Because just picking you and putting you office doesn't make it any better for us than the Trump administration. As a matter of fact, I like the Trump administration better for black people. Uh-oh. Black people got here like, oh, no. You know, I wouldn't vote for Trump. 
But you're like, cry out of why? Because it keeps you on your damn toes. The Democrats put y'all ass to sleep every time. But Donald Trump has woke y'all the hell up. As long as racism is in your fucking face, you are willing to stay engaged. You are willing to stay engaged in policy and things. That's why these celebrities and shit want to go back to the old. They don't want you to be engaged. They don't give a shit. As long as they're at the parties and kicking in the shit, they want you to be, you to not be engaged. You to be disengaged from uh, policies and Because the more you get engaged, the more you, less you see a need to entertain yourselves and run away from shit. You, you start to be like, yo, this is important over here. This is important to, you know, and I love celebrities. Don't get me wrong. I love, we talk about celebrity news on here. I'm going to talk about celebrity news in this. But it's important for us to be engaged while we're entertaining ourselves. And to, and to not just sit, not to just put somebody in there because somebody else is so fucking bad. That don't give a shit. You're going to be bad, and this person's going to be bad. What the fuck? Is, it don't make no difference. I'd rather keep the one that keeps me engaged and keeps me on their ass. Okay? Not the one that loves me to sleep with a bunch of false-ass promises and gets in offices and don't do shit. Talking about, well, they're going to get us next month. They're going to get us this. You know, we can't ask them to do nothing for us. Meanwhile, everybody is asking them to do stuff for them. The, the Indians are, Indian Americans are expecting something from her. They're not going to expect too much. They, that's why they're not quick to jump and vote for her, some of them. But they got an expectation. And she probably better speak on it. And she wants that vote. She's going to go over there and court American Indians, Indian Americans, and when I say India Americans, from India. She's going to court them. And she better tell them her belief system. Well, when she court us, she better come to fuck. You ain't coming up with Kiwi and AKA, I went to Howard. What is your policy And how are you going to help black America Get out the situation we in If you can't speak to that get your ass out of here We have had enough of that there Ain't no black and brown coalition Ain't none of that Everybody got their own coalition And been speaking up for ourselves But the moment ADOS speak up for ourselves It's a problem Absolutely it is love It's, 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 it's love for us to speak up for ourselves It's love to, for us to engage her as a politician and say, what are you about? It's love for ourselves. And so for the rest of you who just interested in going in there and voting for somebody, just because you feel somebody who is probably a third black, I don't know, she don't even know she's even all the way half, but she's not even all the way half black. And to not understand her policies and not understand what she's about, and not look at her San Francisco policies and not look at the moment and the, the, the place that we're in is tremendously damaging. And we get what we get if we do that. Okay, so the Democratic Party is just, uh, they're, they're, they're just going to let uh, things happen. They, they don't care. They, their thing is, it's not about you anymore. It's about if they're trying to move, they're trying to get away from you and go towards a more globalist agenda, okay? So I want us to start understanding that, but we shouldn't let them. We should say you're not going to ignore the people who built this country, all right? So that's how I feel about Kamala Harris. I'm not for Kamala Harris. Uh, I don't think Kamala Harris is a good look. 
I think uh, I think Joe Biden made a major mistake in picking her. Uh, but we'll see how it turns out. Okay, if she comes up with a black agenda, we'll we'll see. Okay, but I'm gonna go on break, and when we come back, we're gonna get into the, some more and some more news and some more things. I just wanted to say my piece on Kamala Harris and what I found interesting about Kamala Harris. Uh, and I'm real sure I'm sure we're gonna talk about this in the coming weeks a little bit more, okay? Uh, uh, and how uh, wh- what we see uh, what we see with Kamala Harris, okay? So meanwhile, let's have a little big break here. Uh, we're gonna play. We're gonna play here. Uh, I don't know, y'all. Okay. Oh, I know what I like this one. This is a good one. Mary J. Hood Love. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment.
I just hate. It seems like it's October first and second. I don't think they canceled it yet. Like the, I mean, I would take, I would take a risk and go to see Maxwell because I'm having a little Maxwell draw. So I'm like, damn, I, I ain't see Maxwell. I kind of like to see Maxwell, you know, because we didn't got used to seeing Maxwell like the last several years. Cause he's been on tour a lot, you know. You know that's gonna end probably after the last, next album comes out. Like you know that's probably gonna end. It's gonna be like a. You know, after the next album comes out, we might not see Maxwell for another ten years. <laughs> so you got to get it all in when you can. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hilarious. Okay, so I don't know if that concert's happening. Somebody tell me from Atlanta if that concert is really happening or not. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I would go see that concert. I would definitely go. I would, that's not scared of coronavirus. I'd go. It is what it is. Y'all know y'all are y'all gonna be y'all probably gonna be social distancing at the concert. I saw something really neat though in this week in the UK about concerts. They had a concert outside and they had people sitting in these little uh uh like these little I don't know what to call them, like uh little things. And it was like two to four people in this one little thing, like it wasn't a bubble or anything, but they just were sectioned off in their own little it wasn't a table, but it was like they had a table on these little uh, carriers. And they had them all set up across the, the show outside. I thought it was really neat. I was like, yeah, yeah, I like that anyway. We we need concerts back. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> oh, that would be so cool. I loved it. I thought it was a really cute, it was really cute. It was a cute idea that they were uh, uh, doing. Pretty interesting, okay? All right, listen. Trump says he will look. Uh, very strongly at granting a pardon to whistleblower Edward Snowden. I agree, Trump. I agree. This is according to USA Today. President Donald Trump said Saturday he considered granting a pardon to, pardon to whistleblower Edward Snowden. I'm going to take a look at that very strongly, Trump said during a news conference at his golf resort in at Bedminster, New Jersey. Snowden, a former contractor for the National Security Agency, has been living in exile in Moscow since fleeing the U.S. six years ago after leaking information on the nation's most secretive spy agencies and their programs. And listen, if you ever seen the movie Snowden, it will scare the shit out of you. I'm telling you what I said. And he, you know what? You know what he did? They were doing something illegal that they shouldn't have been doing anyway. Okay? They were spying. Okay? So he said, which we we kind of knew they were spying, but we just didn't want to, we didn't really know enough. But Snowden gave us proof that this they spied, okay? His revelation triggered a debate over government eavesdropping, with some hailing him as a hero and other him, others called him a traitor. I don't know how he could be a traitor for telling that government is overreaching. To me, that's not a traitor. Maybe he 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 turned over his, he whistleblowed on his job, but if you're doing the wrong things, things that you're not supposed to be doing, and someone tells on you, then you should get told. I don't consider him a traitor. I said consider him telling the American people that hey, your suspicions are right. They are listening at your phone calls. They are listening at your shit. Okay. Uh, says Trump said he's not aware of Snowden's situation, but the people on both the left and the right are divided over the former contractor. It seems he uh, to be a split decision. He said many people think he should be somehow treated differently, and other people think he did very bad things. Trump raised the issue of a pardon in an interview this week with the New York Post. There are a lot of people that think that he is not being treated fairly. I mean, I hear that Trump did. The Post reported that Trump polled members of his staff about whether to let Snowden return to the U.S. from Russia without going to prison. 
Trump also told uh, the Post about Snowden. Many people are on his side. I will say that. I don't know him, never met him, but many people are on his side. Listen, even though I'm not a particular fan of some of Trump's racist rhetoric, I am a fan of some policies. Uh, I do think Trump has worked, even though I would never still vote on him because I don't like racial rhetoric. I don't like racial uh, uh, um, uh, codes, and I still see him as a white supremacist because some of his some of his policy has been overly overwhelmingly bad for black people. But I do like the policy of protecting individual rights. I do like the policy of 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 um, of some of his policies towards that. I mean, and more than I do on the Democratic side. And I, I like the idea that uh, some, some of the foreign policy things that he's done, okay? Uh, I just don't like him as a, as a whole, his way, the way he sees black Americans. To me, that's a huge problem. And uh, that's why he would never get my vote. If he don't come up with a black agenda, he gets no vote either. So that's just how I feel about that. And that's why I said Snoopy or Mickey Mouse for me. But and and vote on your local stuff, okay? But uh, very interesting uh, as far as I think Trump is starting to see being Trump is sort of a rebel, like I told you, a racist one, but still a rebel to the system that has overwhelmingly the American system that is overwhelmingly the last maybe thirty years been going towards uh, what George Bush called the New World Order things or. Uh, more of globalist po- ideas and policy at the sake, at the sake, some would say even of American sovereignty. Whereas Trump has come in again with this idea of, and, and Trump is very much a, has globalist ideas, still globalist, and he's still a white supremacist. But Trump has come in with more nationalist ideas and stuff like that. And um, Trump has been a, re- a rebel to that system. And I think. People like Snowden to him, and the base. Some people will say conspiracy theories or whatever. But some of his base say, "Hey, this guy has been, you know, treated somewhat what like you've been treated because he's a rebel." Okay, so it's very interesting how I see Trump. I see Trump in a number of ways. I just don't see him as, as a white supremacist. I also see him as a, re, a rebel, a white. He, uh, he's still a white supremacist, but a rebel. To the to, to to the traditional systems that have been going the last thirty years, okay. Um, so it'd be interesting if they give Snowden a chance. I actually think they should let Snowden come back to America. I actually think Snowden did a good thing by letting the American people know that you're being. We already knew, but he just let us know for sure that we're being spied on. Okay. So I yeah I I, I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. Uh, we'll see what he does on that. Okay. Uh, also in the news, okay, uh, WAP. Y'all been going out about wet-ass pussy, okay? This is wet-ass pussy, okay? <laughs> By Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Uh, this is a, 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 from NBCnews.com. It says, Rock by Cardi and Megan Thee Stallion is a joyful role reversal. No wonder people are mad. Yes, it's deliciously filthy. It's also it also follows in the footsteps of many female male artists who have used music to explicitly explore their sexuality. Uh, by the end of WAP, the new single by Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, even if you listen to the radio ed- edit that is technically not profane, but no less uh, NSFW, that <laughs> says you will uh, uh, clock the macaroni in a pot. It's not about food in a bottom, in a bottom feeder. It has little to do with fish. 
but you will have known from the first bass beat that maybe you had maybe had you dancing in your kitchen with a wet bucket and a mop, you're probably not asking yourself if that's a metaphor too, that the song was a glory uh uh your okay, what it says, uh, I, but you you're probably now asking yourself if that's a metaphor too. Song was a glorious gender role reversal and triumph for delicious filth. Uh, with rapper, fireful, and endlessly quotable one-liners, the two hip-hop stars create a female sex-positive anthem as they trade lyrics and grab back the genre's uh, sexual narratives from hard male rappers and then wipe the floor dry with the boy boxer shorts, okay? Listen, uh, it's interesting what they had to say. You know, there's a part of me that really enjoyed the song, okay? <laughs> it just did because I – and let me tell you what I enjoyed about it. I enjoyed the visuals. Of the video, and I was so happy to see Meg and Cardi put like, like they. I love them doing full dance routines. I don't know if I've seen full dance routines from girl rappers since Salt and Pepper. Like you know, I love the whole the whole like full dance routine being very girly, but yet somewhat. bringing masculinity a little bit to his knees a little bit. Now, I know a lot of men think it's horrible. There's a part of me, the prudish part of me that goes, well, it's not so ladylike, you know, and all that stuff. But I understand it also. Um, I'm not mad at the song. I, you know, it is, uh, I, I don't think it's a promotion. Some people saying it's promoting of uh, prostitution. Uh, I don't know. Women often, sometimes, most women, it's, it's not it's not a crazy idea that women uh, value in a man's security, and they value nice things from a man, okay? So when Megan says, get your, uh, get your coat and your bag for this, you know, what she, she said, you know, it, it's, it, it's not selling yourself on the street. She said, from the person you with, you know, you may have this exchange with them or something like that. It's very interesting. It's, it, I think I can see good parts and bad parts of the song. Um, I, I, I really enjoy watching men's reaction on YouTube. I was watching the reaction video, and it was hilarious to see men react to it. They were like, what? <laughs> I loved it. I loved, you know, I love to see here some of my uh, favorite male celebrities, how they reacted to this song. I actually uh, – actually kind of like WAPS. I, I, I actually like the video. I actually did not have a problem. I mean, and, and that's, I know that's weird for me. I, cause I can be very prudish and I, and there is parts of me that just said, okay, now do I really want young girls acting like this and everything? And there's a part of me, I understand that part, but there's a part of me that uh, understands the need to own your sexuality and own that power within you okay you know so I don't know I'm not going old school for this one y'all I don't know maybe I'm wrong maybe somebody will say something that will uh, pull me back over to the other side but I actually kind of enjoyed the banter of Cardi B and Megan this song it's be it's ratchet but I'm a girl who listens to city girls when I work out I don't actually go out there and do now that's what people are scared of you know young girls some young girls will pick up this to actually do now I don't think I, I'm not city girls I ain't have no hot I'm not out here having no hot girl summer you know <laughs> but I like I enjoy living vicariously do you <laughs> 
I mean, no, they're not the hot girls. They the what are the city girls? The city girls are actually city girls. Something I don't know, but I enjoy some of the you know some of their stuff. Okay, I mean, but I I don't see I see it in very different ways. Men can men have often been able to. I mean, I was a girl when I was young. I used to love too short. Okay. Oh, yeah, we got this funny story about us going to see Too Short too, like the first time when he was we were real young. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna tell because too, too Short looks much better than he did years ago. <laughs> no offense to Too Short, but Too Short was one of my favorite rappers. Okay, and Too Short was filthy, filthy. One of my favorite songs was Freaky Tales. I had the first, I had the first like two or three Too Short uh, uh, when we had cassette tapes. I had them. I love these Too Short, so I really. Uh, got into church and stuff, but I I was a big, uh, uh, big, so I I was big. I like that kind of stuff. <laughs> People are like what? Yeah, but and 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 I was a, and part of the reason I like too short was a little bit. I have always had a fascination about sexuality and how it, it's explored. So that that to me is not um uh not strange. So to me to hear women do this wop thing. There's still that fascination there and how what boundaries we should have in exploring sexuality, even in the in even in the scope of spirituality and religion. Okay. So um I I understand it. And there that doesn't mean I want young girls out here to go out here and go go wild in behavior and stuff like that or young men. But I still feel there's there is something uh interesting about this song and us looking at how we see and explore our sexuality okay so I, I i don't know if i have a problem with it to be honest i mean i know a lot of people are gonna get mad at me for saying it a lot of my church crowd y'all might feel different i don't know i i get it i know they will but um like I said, maybe there'll be something that says that that i have a change of heart i really feel like this I feel like it's no different than when I hear Beyonce sing about, you know, uh, being on her knees in the back of a limousine with her husband, you know. <laughs> I love that Beyonce when she talking about that. I don't want to see Beyonce on her knees. I mean, I don't want you. I don't want y'all to see Beyonce on her knees. <laughs> oh, I blow. Blow is my song. I love that song by Beyonce. Okay, Blow is such has such a lot of sexual innuendos in it and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I have gotten less prudish about those things. I really have. I don't really know, and I don't know if it's right that I am that way. But I have gotten that way. I don't know. I feel, but I have always had it. it just, a uh, very interesting, a uh, big interest in sexuality and how it is explored and how it's, you'd be shocked about things I've listened to since I was a young girl about sexuality. So that, uh, no, yeah, I, I, pop isn't, pop doesn't move me. And even when I was at my most prudish, I, I still believed in the, it saw the, it, the, the importance of exploring sexuality at some point, even if I disagree with how it was delivered, how people delivered a song or delivered certain things in the back of my head, I was always exploring those ideas. So yeah, very interesting. I don't know what to say on this one. Y'all, uh, y'all let me know what y'all write me and uh, send me to, uh, some ideas of what y'all thought about WAP. Is it a going, is it going in the wrong direction? I actually didn't think that. <laughs> uh, 
actually thought it. I actually think it's good anytime you can bring up conversations. If you have young, if I had young people who had heard this song, if I had a child and they were young and you know and they heard this song, I would not avoid it with them. You know what I'm saying? This is it's a chance to educate and to educate young women about their sexuality and being empowered in the choices they'll have to make towards sexuality and discussing with them uh, different viewpoints of how people see that, you know, that's what it is, okay? <laughs> All right, uh, also in the news, uh, I don't know, did y'all get to see, have y'all, I've been watching, I got to watch Real, Housew- Real Housewives of the Potomac last week, let me tell y'all. Hell, I was exhausted. I watched it because, you know, I hadn't watched it since first season. I loved it at the first first season. I thought it was, they were going to be great, and then they just got crazy to me, and I quit watching. But I started watching back last Sunday because I happened to be passing the TV, and they were on, and I got hooked for, like, half the day watching them. I mean, I probably, probably most of the day, it's probably about five or six hours straight, I watched Housewives of Potomac to catch up on this this coming up season. And I literally, after got, having having watched them, was exhausted. I'm serious. I was exhausted, like, the first, after the first two hours. I was, like, Real Housewives of Atlanta don't exhaust me like that. But the Real Housewives of Potomac exhausted me. I was, like, literally like, what? I mean, they were arguing about so much pettiness. I was just like, this is crazy. But uh, this week I saw on realityverb.com, it says, Therese Jackson, Jordan Blast, Monique Sanders on Twitter, Mill Real House of Potomac Drama, has Monique slams cast for cheating rumors. Misery loves company, okay? Uh, Therese Jackson, Jordan, may no longer be a full-time member on the Real Housewives of of uh, Potomac, but she's still bringing the heat this season and on social media. In particular, Sharice is having some drama with full-time Real Housewives Potomac star Monique Samuels, drama that seems to have carried out through the season and caused further conflicts down the line. Monique alleged that Sharice is spreading rumors about her cheating on her husband, Chris Samuels, with her trainer. Well, it was actually Gazelle Bryant who spilled the whole tea about the rumors. Gazelle is constantly She's so beautiful, but this 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 woman is just. I mean, Gazelle was my first, my favorite when I first watched the first season. I really liked her, but like seeing her this new season, I I was like, wow. I mean, I felt like, you know what? I feel like Gazelle's in the middle of some unhappiness in her own life, and that is, you know, when people are unhappy in their own shit, they start fucking with everybody else sometimes, and that's why I kind of felt about her. But she's very beautiful, but she's just wow. It's just always mess dust kicking up. Anyway, they say the conflict between the ladies is built up on our screens this season, and the two apparently have settled their differences since the show wrapped up last year, okay? But, uh, listen, these women, you have to see Real Housewives of Potomac to see the exhaustion I'm talking about. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to finish up the season because I was literally exhausted. I mean, I was just flabbergasted. At, you know, because what I see is when I see beautiful women who have uh, – you know, great financial access. And I understand drama has to come to reality TV and stuff like that. But when they constantly focus on the drama and we don't see them uh, building outside of their lives, how they make money, how they do things and stuff like that, uh, it just, to me, sometimes seems crazy. 
I mean, I like I look at like stuff like uh, for my drama. I look at stuff like Love After Lockup. <laughs> I expect Love After Lockup to act the fool, but I don't expect the Real Housewives of a Potomac out here to be acting crazy. You know, so it's just it's it's it's, it's very interesting. And I don't like people who use their wealth as a snub at others or their pedigrees that they have family. You know, from five five generations of. Uh, you know, family who is pedigreed and, and they snooping and I mean they looking down at other people because oh this community we uh we've been wealthy for the longest and a lot of them ain't two with two steps off the boat that they be acting like they out at. Yeah, I don't tend to like that kind of energy so it it uh, it rubs me the wrong way. It's a lot. I mean even real housewives of Atlanta don't have it. They they real even they even though they got money, they down to earth. But these women is just it's a lot. It's a lot for me to take. <laughs> but Real Housewives of Pop Potomac, very interesting one indeed, okay, y'all. Uh Alicia Keith. Alicia Keith. Oh my god, Alicia Keith. Alicia fucking Keith. That's what I see is. Did you do a hit? Do we actually have a great song on our hands? No, I, I wouldn't say great, but a good song on our hands. This is a start, Alicia. It is a start in the right direction. Okay? When I heard the song, I was expected to hear something. When they said Alicia Keys they had a new song out with uh, Khalid, is that how you say his name? I don't know. Okay? I was like, oh, just some bullshit. I ain't got time. Okay, I expect to hit on it and hear some bullshit about hugging the tree. And it was a hugging the tree song. It was a hugging the tree song. It was definitely a hugging the tree song. But it's got like a vibe to it, a beat, a sound. Now did she borrow a little bit from her her little her little her person that 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 to me seems just like her H E R. Yes, but H E R actually seems like a lot like old Alicia Keys to me. So she gets borrowed from herself, really. But like it, Alicia. That's the important thing, that I like it. And everything on this video, from your looks, from the way she had her hair, her style, it was, it was right. It was finally right. I, was, I didn't even know what to say. I was so proud of her. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, my God. Yes, this is what I'd be talking about. <laughs> okay, so let's listen to a little bit of Alicia Keys' new song, So Done, Okay. I'm going to play a little bit of it so you guys can check it out. Let's see here. Here we go, y'all. I like it. I 
like it. It's a self empowerment, son. You know that I'm living. I'm so. I'm glad you're so done. I'm glad you're so done, Alicia. This is what I've been telling you for the month. I know you think I've been attacking you, and I kind of have, because I've been attacking you because I wanted better from you. Oh my God, this is better. This is a song. This is a feel. This is a song people can feel. Okay, this is a good song. It's decent. It's be- listen. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't the best, but it's better than anything she done did in the last four or five years. Shit. I can give a hand clap for that. Wow, it's about time. Oh, my God. It's not sitting on the bus stop. What's the song? What's the bus stop song? Uh, Hustlers and the Treat. What's the Hustler song? It's, it's way better than that song. It's, it's way better than talking about blending the families. I mean, I'm just happy to see that there's a beat, there's a there's a vibe to it. It felt I could feel it. I could feel it. It, it was great, Alicia. I am proud of you. Okay, it it is it, not a plus. It's a beat, a solid beat. Okay, and I'm expecting you to come to a plus. I think you and the look. Oh my God, I even like the hairstyle. I was like that hairstyle is hot. But it was the whole look was it was it was perfect, Alicia. I I love it. I love it. Okay, I, I'm happy. I'm I'm just happy that we're heading towards some place. We're we're moving. We're we're moving out of trying to convince people that you're this good. You're still trying to do it a little bit. That's why you're talking about. You know, I'm living the way that I want. So go. You still try to trying to. You know, you're Aquarius. You're gonna do that shit. But I mean, you know, I I I I, I love it. I really do, okay? I'm proud of this song, okay? I'm not, and, and I'm going to let you have this one, okay? Even though she, now she's starting a makeup line. Did I talk about that? That she's supposed to be starting. Now, she spent the last several years not wearing makeup, but she already started. <laughs> but good for her, okay? Good for her. Oh, at least it's something else. Okay, let's talk about um, uh, Latoya Luckett in the streets, okay? Let me talk about Latoya Luckett in the streets. Now, I told y'all to go listen to on Latoya Lucky. Uh the uh what's this? Uh Latoya Lucky about her uh, uh that uh from Apollonia Grace Smith astrologer was on here. She did a thing on YouTube on Latoya Lucky and her 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 marriage and her she did a birth chart of her and her husband and she called out some stuff. Listen, this week, okay? That birth chart was all the way right, uh, a little bit from what we hearing in these streets about Latoya Lucky's husband. Even from what I saw on the show and what I called on this show, I told y'all, I said, listen, he's a problem, okay? Now, this is according to uh, HipHopHollywood.com. It says Latoya Lucky's husband's response to cheating allegations. Latoya Lucky's marital issues have just gotten worse. Rumors are circulating that the pregnant singer's uh, husband Tamakis Walker has been cheating with another woman, according to the Shade Room. An Instagram model from Dallas claims to be Walker's side chick, and she has receipts in the form of two videos. Uh, the Shade Room didn't post the videos. They claim one is of a man laying in bed, and the other is more explicit. Walker has now responded to the chatter. On Thursday, he posted a message on Instagram that read, The devil is busy and will not win. Please pray for my family, especially my wife, while she's pregnant. This too shall pass. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. No, Toya, let it separate. Let it, Latoya Luckett, this, anybody saw this coming. We, and get Latoya Luckett, if somebody listening and don't know Latoya Luckett, 
Tell her to get Apollonia Grace Smith's first chart on her man. Okay? Uh-uh, uh-uh, Latoya. Don't have no more babies. Babies can't solve this shit. You done had a second baby when everybody told you not to on that show. All them counselors told you not to, but babies are a blessing. That's good. You got number two. Don't have no more with this fool, okay? And you did a superb acting job on that, that last uh, um, Greenleaf. Oh, my God. Latoya Lucky, you, girl, don't let this fool stop you and put you down with a bunch of kids, and then you can't move. He is, uh, he, this dude, I think is wrestling. And the way he was treating you on reality TV after a few months of marriage, I don't care who, 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 who he lost in his family. I mean, I understand people have certain types of behavior, but his shit was on. He was on fleek, and I don't think that had anything to do with. You know, it may have had a little something to do, but not a lot to do with the uh, the loss of his mother. Listen, I knew that Negro was cheating with the way he told you. He said, I'm going to see my daughter. I said, nah, mm-mm, mm Ain't nobody just dropping off to go see their daughter like that. He's just going to tell you. And the way he was dismissing you, and he put you, like he said, uh, you know, drive. You can drive back. And he was just he just going to tell you all of a sudden he's going to Dallas out of nowhere. Girl, I knew there was another one at the end of the rainbow, okay? You didn't. But I knew. I said, oh, no, 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 man. He's not doing that like that. He's not doing what, so when she, but, you know, Latoya Luckett, this is, a, you got to run. He he lied when he said he didn't know who you was either. I believe he lied. I, I don't, I believe he knew who the hell you was. Okay, girl, quit fooling yourself. Okay, I understand the need to want a family, the need to want somebody there. And I know it's, it's harder to break up with somebody. It takes time. I get it, especially when you're used to people, you care about people. With you ain't been in with him that long. Get rid of his ass. Hey, he's going to be a problem. Talking about the devil is busy and will not win. Is the video edition of you and the girl? That's what we want to know. The devil ain't busy. Are you busy? Okay? Not the devil. It's you busy. Okay? His post has now been deleted, they said. Lucky who recently shared photos from a virtual baby Sour has not responded, okay? Listen, girl, listen. Sometimes things don't work out. And I don't, you know, and listen, I don't not, uh, you know, listen, I, I don't want to drag the man about if he's having problems outside of his marriage. People, people who have bad marriage situations for a number of different reasons, it takes two to tango. But at the same time, this is he he the way he treated her on that reality TV show, I knew he was a problem. Okay, I just knew his ass was a problem. I knew his ass was going to see somebody else, Latoya. And honey, have that baby. Take this L. Take it. Take the L. Take it. It's okay. And just say, you know what? And and look and reflect it to yourself and say, damn, was am I? You know, what, what cost do I want to finish? Because have y'all even been married a good two years, three years? At what cost? You know what? At what? At what cost do I want the family with this person? You know, and you really you were questioning stuff very early on, and to take it to reality TV. Can I say this? Reality TV exposes what you are in such a way that it will. If you got a marriage that's fucked up, a reality TV will put your your marriage on complete life support. 
Reality TV is not a place to work out your problems. Okay? They're going to expose that shit. And they're going to use it for rape. Okay, Latoya? And that is what's happened with this shit. Okay? They, they, they expose your marriage. It has the sham it looks like it is. And that, and now you, you your marriage is like some life support, child. Like, life support. Like, it's falling completely apart. Okay? Sad. I, I hate to see her go through that because she is, she, she's at this precipice. That's why I said sometimes when you, you on this move, like, you on, a, you on a trajectory in your life and you see things looking up for yourself and stuff, sometimes somebody will send one to you to throw your shit off track and you got to watch it. Like, are you adding to me? Are you fucking taking away from me right now? What the fuck are you doing? Are you adding or are you subtracting? Okay? And sometimes people will come into your life. You'll be moving. You'll be on a high move. And then suddenly you're like, this is ever since I've been, wait a minute, food has been distracting me and ain't been for good. Okay, so sometimes people are not now. But when somebody comes into your life and they begin to add to your life in a great way, you know, and that's different. Sometimes people just don't, you know, I'm just saying when people begin to add to your sense of value, your sense of life, uh, force, and they make you feel good about yourself, and they make you feel happy. But Latoya, what she was going through, she, I mean, she like I said, she had her first solid album to me. She had her uh, her acting career was looking up, and then this food comes along. And now you got two babies later, and your problems then grew worse with them. And, and and I I don't just fault him on this. I I fault her some a little bit because she saw the problems before the second baby. They told her even counselors the counselors told her on the reality show don't do that. Don't have a baby. A baby is not going to make your problems better. You need to confront your problems. Even if he was having problems with his spot with his mom dying or whatever it is, you need to confront to find out is his problem is he really having is he just hurting out here. Or is he really a crazy-ass uh, narc like he looked like on TV, okay? He ain't got nothing to do with his mom. Or is he having issues, period? I mean, you know, you she should have explored that, but she did not. And sometimes people come to throw you off your shit, okay? So I'm just telling you, women, ladies, and men, you got to look at people. If they're not encouraging you to become the best uh, that you are and they playing games and shit, <laughs> Oh, you know, they in and out your life. They don't want to uh, say what they really, what's really going on with them, what they really feeling and all that shit. You ain't got time for that shit. Latoya should have said, man, I'm running, a, I'm run, I'm, I got a full-ass career over here. I ain't got time for the bullshit. So make a great album, though, Latoya. Make a good album off his ass. And send his ass packing. Hopefully you signed to prenup. Oh God, please sign. Please say you have signed to prenup. Help us, Lord. Help her. Goodness. Woo! I wanted to talk about this before the show goes off today. I make sure I don't know if I got time. I got a couple more uh, stories, but I really wanted to talk about this. Uh, Salah Marley. Salah, is that how you say her name? Uh, the 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 child from uh. Uh, Rohan Marley and Lauren Hill. 
that little beautiful, beautiful baby, she's like 20 years old, 21 years old or something. She was on, she came, went on the internet this week, and this is according from RonsforSmith.com. It says, uh, Salah Marley dealing with abandonment issues caused by absent father Rohan. Says Lauren Hills um, and Rohan Marley's 20-year-old daughter Salah speaks candidly about the trauma caused by growing up in a single-parent home. In a live stream posted on Instagram, Salah talked about repeating the same mistakes in her own relationships with men that she watched her mother make in her relationship with Rohan. Salah describes not being able to solve problems in her relationship without yelling, screaming, or throwing things because that's the way she, what she saw growing up. Salah also talks about rebelling against her father's attempt at discipline because he was never there. So I want y'all to hear a little bit of this baby talk. Let's see if I can get this up from my Instagram post. I got this up. I have a form of split personality to some degree. I mean, not to like, uh, you know, die me and Michael, but just I'm torn by it because it's I feel like something just stopped, or maybe it never grew. It never You guys just said you guys are having a problem hearing it. Like when that clicks, when it when it clicks, it might as well. I'm trying to let you guys hear it. I don't know if I can let you hear it, but anyway, okay. Listen, this this she what she's saying is she has a problem with young men. Okay, wait a minute. It can't make it hear it again. Okay, let me try this again. Okay, to let y'all hear a little bit of it. We got the if I can get it. We got time here. Okay. Okay, well, anyway, can I pull it back up? Let me see if I can get it back up, yeah. Okay, let me see. Maybe I can pull it on the... How much time do we got left? See, Jessica, we are trying to work out the technical issues so y'all can hear it. Uh, Here we go. Oh, that's not it. Hold on. I really wanted y'all to hear it because what she said was pretty. Uh, she was talking about her her um, her her problems with dealing with men, and you know, and how she she found herself with her abandonment issues, needing under needing men, and but yet being angry at them because she felt like her father, you know, the relationship with her father 
was one, she saw a lot of arguing and things between Rohan and her mother growing up. And that um, that she felt like these these issues uh, and and along with abandonment issues uh, from her um, uh, uh, from her father uh, sparked some a certain behavior in her own relationships growing up. And I listened to her fully. And maybe you know next week we or, or maybe if I do another show this week or I do something specifically talking about this, maybe if I get a chance or get time. But I found her her to be uh, uh, a very enlightened for a twenty year old, and, to, and, and here's the thing: uh, very aware of herself, beautifully aware. And I think that is uh, that's a beautiful thing. I think it's half the battle. Um, and and for her to share that, I know that's probably hard with her mother being who her mother is. But uh, I thought it was very, uh, uh, very, very candid and very beautiful about people understanding the effects that when you have these relationships and how you come across in your relationships and how you come across as parents and and, and your relationships that your children are watching your shit. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter if it's Lauren Hill or whoever the hell it is. Your kids are watching your shit. You're examples to your kids. And some of you need to understand if you can, you know, that kids, uh, you, you have to nurture children. You can't, everybody ain't going to be a perfect parent. I get it. Everybody, you're not going to have perfect parents, no matter what parents and you know, you're never going to get it perfectly right. You have to watch how you're treated. If you're a woman and you're being treated bad in a relationship or you're a man and you're in a relationship and you're not being treated so good, these are the eye gates your children see you through. If you're a father and you're not really there, you're there but not there, this is the eye gate. And you can fuck kids up. Okay? So, and they grow up to be fucked up adults and they be out here in relationships and shit. And somebody else got a, a a baby do shit to your nurture your kid like they 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 they, they like they a mama twenty years twenty years later when they supposed to be a man in a relationship or a woman in a relationship but people find themselves nurturing yo your kids childhood wounds because you did fucked up shit so now here's somebody else that got to help your kid grow up got to raise your child. Okay, and and when they just want somebody to be a man or a woman, and they like they want they want somebody to be in their life to just be there and be a a partner or a spouse, but then you we we confronting the energy of childhood shit. Okay, so and I get that because I'm a child from uh, uh, I'm a child I was raised by my grandparents, but I but some would say double abandonment issues because my parents were not in my life. But you know my grandparents did a very good job of trying the best they could uh, with helping nurture that in me. I had therapy when I was a cat child, okay? So the, my, my grandparents were very uh, trying to know, but there's still issues that come up in my life, okay? So I get that from this little girl, and she doesn't really understand. Half the battle is, is, is her being aware. And so I just want you parents to understand out there that when you do fuck up stuff, these kids are watching you and seeing your shit. When you are allowing uh, bad relationships to simmer around your child and bad energy to simmer around your child, don't think they don't know. 
okay? When you at when yo when y'all out there, y'all in this constant un, un, uh, unstable ass relationships and crazy ass shit, you bring in kids and kids are sitting. You think the kids ain't watching? The kids see your shit and they're learning from you. And that was is what I thought was pretty powerful about this young lady and what she was saying. You know, she was saying how she, and hopefully if we go, listen, if I lose you guys during overdrive, I'm going to play a little bit. If I lose you during overdrive, I'll come on on Sunday and we'll talk about this a little bit more and I'll get to some of the other stories I missed. Okay. But uh, let's go into overdrive real quick and I'll try to hit up this story a little bit more and finish it out. Just this story today. Then I'll come on uh, sometime in a week and talk about it more. But for those of you, I'm out. I will see you next week. For those of you who are holding on the phone line, just stay holding on. And the rest of you guys, you can catch the show in uh, in the archives, okay? But I'm going to hit this story, finish out the story in overdrive. But let's leave out with Coffee Brown after party, okay? listen to the archive show listen if i cut off i will come on tomorrow and we will talk about this whole marley situation rolling and marley and other uh, stories that i need to get out but i wanted you guys to hear a little bit of this young lady uh talk about her 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 relation if i can get it because i'm mad at them because i'm mad at my father for not being around but like i need them because i don't have a father so i need someone so it's like I need you, but I'm hurting you, but I need you, but I'm hurting you, but, and it makes no sense. And I, and it's not that I have no control over it, but it feels like I have no control over it. It feels like I have no control over myself. It feels like I have no control. Like when that clicks, when it, when it clicks, it might as well just, I might as well just start, like, I, I look like this, you know, like, I literally look like this, like I start glitching. And, or not glitching, but, you know, I start, 
I just lose my shit. Because I'm just like, yo, something is not right. Something is just not right, and I just don't understand what it is. And I think yesterday it finally clicked that I have severe daddy issues, like very severe daddy issues. And so I've just been like, and now I'm looking, now I'm just looking up like, what does it mean to have a father? What does that feel like? What does that look like? Um, what? Yeah, no, Crystal, definitely fuck with that. Inner child meditation, all those things. No, I'm definitely going to go to therapy. I mean, that's, of course, I've been to therapy. But I've been to therapy a million times, but sometimes I just feel like they don't get straight to the fucking point. Like, it's like, to me, this is an urgent matter. And for them, I'm just another one of their patients. And so, for me, it's like life or death. Like, if you don't give me a tool by the end, by the end of this conversation, the next time we talk, I'm going to have something else to say. All right. I love this young lady's talk, and I understood that the therapy going around and around and shit. I hate that shit, too. I was like, you know, what's the, what can I use? <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. Uh, the tool is what you're doing. I mean, the tool is that she's discussing it and she's aware, just so beautiful. You listen to her, how beautifully aware that she is of her flaws at 20 years old. Oh, my God. It's just, I mean, it's a beautiful thing to me. I, I found it to be rather beautiful. And, uh, and um, even in spite of what she's seen from Lauren and Rohan, a tribute to them in some cases because they raised a beautifully aware child, Okay. Uh, but this also brings me to the point of Lauren Hill being fucked up. Okay, girls, you better watch out, Lauren Hill. Shit, spiritual ass, Lauren Hill. Miss, call me Miss Lauren. Lauren Hill. Call me Miss Hill, Lauren Hill. Uh, I'm gonna say something. Okay, okay, because listen. Lauren is a perfect uh, uh, example to me of somebody who got off her shit. Really, she listen, Lauren. I get Lauren Hill. I get Lauren Hill. So many things. Let me let me just say this about Lauren Hill: deeply spiritual, deeply flawed, deeply beautiful, but hides the, who she really who hides from her purpose. Uh, has ran from it. Okay. Uh, to me, that's what, if you've ever heard Lauren talk in early interviews years ago, oh, my God, highly intelligent, spiritual, aware, like this child, very aware, very spiritually aware, okay? But um, over the years, Lauren has ran from her duties. She's ran from her calls. And I probably, I believe it's affected her family. I mean, Lauren is Lauren's one thing in life, I understand it. You know, just because you're a teacher and a spiritual person don't mean you don't have your shit you deal with, okay? Don't mean that you're imperfect. A lot of people like to say, Lauren, he is supposed to be so spiritual. But yeah, she's messing with y class where he's married, messing with Ronnie and all this stuff. So she, she, got, she got a problem. She likes dick like everybody else. She likes certain types of dick. She likes that Marley type of dick. Y'all know what I'm saying. Hey, she gets caught up like with it, like anybody else. Okay, out here in these streets. She gets caught up, even though she probably knows better than to get caught up. But it has severely taken her away from not only her call, 
leave her power to her children, too. In my personal opinion, even though she still managed to raise a deeply aware and beautiful child, okay, um, this is what y'all got to understand, okay, I hear And I just say this to y'all who have kids. Please understand they're watching. And it ain't just about your ass. It's not. It's not about your distraction just from your your, your uh, uh, call to the world if somebody, if a man or a woman is distracting you and you in relationships where they're not good, they're toxic and everything. But if you have children, it is your it is affecting your call to be a good parent if you're in the midst of some bullshit. You know, sometimes people say, well, I don't want to get divorced. You know, I know we don't really like that, but I don't want to get divorced because of the kids. Fuck that. Some of the kids is ready, want you to get divorced. I the other week on TV. Can I say this? I watched on Housewives of Potomac, okay? Housewives of Potomac uh, last week, uh, Jamal Bryant, okay? Jamal Bryant and Gazelle Bryant have been separated and been divorced for, I think, a few years, okay? Well, Gazelle Bryant is starting back with Jamal Bryant, okay? And her kids are in their teen years, and her kids were not, they weren't feeling it. Her little kids, they was looking at her like, I mean, this was their daddy. They was looking at it like with disgust. And when she said, what's wrong with you guys? Why are you upset about it? they like, because mom, he only, he only cares about a relationship with us because he's trying to get to you. And we don't think he treats you that great. Basically, the kids were disgusted. The kids was looking like, don't get back. We can, we can see that he, he ain't shit, mama. I ain't saying, Jamal Bryan, you ain't shit, but that's how your kids was coming across. And to me, as a woman, it's empowered you, how your kids are viewing you in relationships. And how, and to him, it should be important how his kids are viewing him because they're going to grow up and act out your shit. Straight up. I often see me around here sometimes acting out my mama's shit sometimes. I be like, oh, and I don't even raise my mama. Sometimes I ain't my grandma's shit, okay? So that's why I'm just saying, or my grandfather's shit. So I'm just saying for kids, you have to be aware as parents how your children is are affected by you and how you're affected in, your, in a sense when you're off your call as a parent, when you're off your call as a person in, the, in humanity, when you're off whatever your call is, like Lauren Hill got off of her call and is still off of her call, when you are off of your call, you affect your family life. When you are not where you're supposed to be and then how and how you're supposed to be, that's what I'm trying to see about my damn self. That's why I'm trying to get my shit right. When you are not what when what you are supposed to be doing, when you're not acting in the way you should be acting in this in in the life that God's given you. When you are not acting in the way in the gifts that God has given you, you will begin to erode. I remember a woman told me years ago, she prophesied to me, a woman prophesied to me. She said to me, she said, you know what happens? And I really didn't get it then, but I get it more as I get older. She said, I want you to remember, she said, what does a, what does, what is a, if I cook some meatloaf right now, what does it, what does that meatloaf, what is that, what is the purpose of that meatloaf? And I was like, well, to eat it. This is a minister when I was at ORU. And she said, okay. She said, but what if I use that meatloaf to prop it up against the door? What happens to it after a couple of days? I said, it just begins to stink. And I said, it goes rotten. It goes bad. 
she says, exactly. That's what happens to you when you are not used within your purpose. Damn. I, she told me that when I was 24, 25, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> but it was very powerful because it really speaks to uh, life and my life now. And so that's why people need to understand. You need to understand that when you have children and you are outside, your purpose affects everything. And I believe this with Lauren Hill. I believe her, Lauren Hill had a very deep purpose, and Lauren Hill's ass went into uh uh, this this lighting roaming it up, chasing Ronin or whatever she did or whatever. She had beautiful children from it, but she really stopped being effective as a teacher. Miss Education was a beautiful album. And I just think to myself, what would Lauren have been had she gave us four more albums? Or what? I mean, who would Lauren have been? But Lauren let all these outside forces take her out of her call. And it even affected her home life, in my personal opinion. This is my personal opinion. And from what I'm hearing from the baby, her, she affected her child's life. Her child is fighting her demons. Her child shouldn't be fighting your, kids shouldn't be fighting your demons. They got their demons, demons of their own to fight, let alone to fight you and Ron and shit. And that's unfortunate that we have to, that we're going to have, a lot of us have to grow up fighting our parents' shit. Because sometimes you're too fucking selfish to see that your kids need you to make some basic big big girl and big and grown ass man decisions. I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna end the show. And, I, and I, maybe I have another show later on this week, and we'll talk more about it. But I had a friend once, and she might be listening. Lord, don't get mad. But I talked to my friend. She was having some problems with her, with her child, and I said to my friend, "I said, and it was because she had uh, she had a situation. She was with a dude, and she was she was on and off with him, and and living with him on and off, and all this shit. And the, and her child was seeing that shit and was feeling unstable. Has fuck was not feeling number one. Okay, I said that's good. I said you need to. I said don't mean you got to end your relationship. I said, but maybe you should take some time out and focus just on your child. Okay. And and she knows she didn't want to do that. She wanted dick over me. Okay. It doesn't. I didn't say leave and leave a dick. I just said put the dick somewhere else and focus on your child and you go get the dick. But sometimes kids see certain energy around them and they don't know how to. They feel an unstableness, and they don't know how to deal with it. They don't know where you're going. So sometimes you got to pull back your, because you have children. You can't afford to be selfish like a person who don't got them. Okay? And you have, to, you have to say, okay, hey, do you mind if we kind of slow it down and I'm going to focus a little bit over here because I see there's a problem? Because if not, that kid's going to make you pet later on. And that's what happened. And the kid is now fighting they did Again, if you got children right now and you dealing with some crazy shit in your life and everything, please take some fucking time and say, you know what? Am I making your life in balance? Am I making their life in balance? How am I making my kids life? Take time to focus on your kids. I'm not saying you can, especially women, because women get pulled off. Sometimes we get pulled off in any kind of way. 
But if you're so focused on dick that you can't take time to just say, you know what? Hey, this is affecting my kid in a certain way. Hey, dick, I'm going to keep you over here. Uh, we see each other every now and then, not that, but I need to focus right now because I, there's something going on here. And this kid says she's been dealing with that shit for quite some time. She's been dealing, she saw the way her parents interacted with each other. And now she's up there, has a grown-ass woman, all of 20 years old, having anger issues and shit and, fight, and, and fighting their fucking demons. It just ain't fair. But it happens to all of us because we, we are in a human race of flawed people. But, listen, to minimize the damage that you will do to your kids, because you you nobody's perfect. Humans are not perfect. To minimize the damage that you may do to your children, to minimize it, Please get out of self-focus and understand you have a child and they are watching, okay? And that's the only thing I wanted to use this this young lady for because I thought she was beautifully aware. Being beautifully aware is half the healing process. It's half, and every, all of our parents are going to do something that's not perfect. But for some of y'all, y'all do shit you know is getting ready to give your kids a bunch of demons to deal with. Okay, and if you can stop as many demons of your demons from chasing the next generation, then be, do so. Help us the fuck out. Okay? <laughs> now, I'm thinking for the kids of the world. Shit. Help us the hell out. Okay, so we don't have to be chasing your shit. <laughs> we don't have to be running from your demons. We got our own set of demons that's waiting for us, and now we got to fight your demons. 20 years ago. You know? And I want to take a moment, too, to say this. Lauren Hill, get back on your shit. What the hell is Lauren Hill doing around here? I don't know where she, where she at. The kids are damn near grown, ain't they? Where's her ass except for that little bitty one? The little one. I don't know where the else the hell is going on out here, but she needs to get it together. But interesting, if you guys you guys need to check that out, and this is that's something for Latoya Lucky to look at too, because you can have two beautiful kids, but if your kids are are you gonna raise them in a house full of some bullshit, Latoya, you gonna set up some shit. I'll tell you that right now. Don't matter if you're married or not married, it'd be just like you wasn't married. Okay, so it is what it is, y'all. So this we come to the end of the show today. I'm going to try to have a show later on during the week and get up and get to some of these topics I didn't get to. But I hope y'all enjoyed it this week. I hope y'all have a really fun, if I don't get back, if I don't get another show uh, on tomorrow or this week, I hope y'all have a great week. Enjoy the rest of your week. I am out, uh, and I will see you guys next week. We'll leave out with some Frankie Beverly and Mays back in stride again. It's Carlotta. I'm out. Have a good one, y'all. See ya.